Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, sports fans. Fill up that coffee cup and that bowl. Sit back and relax. Because live from Colorado, it's time for the Sports Offensive. Good evening out there, sports fans, and welcome to a special edition of the Sports Offensive. We've decided to host a draft special for all of you football fans. We're getting plenty excited on this side. Uh, Hopefully you're playing a little fantasy baseball, and that's going to keep you occupied through the summer. But for those of you especially uh, who do uh, fantasy or dynasty football leagues, uh, you're going to start getting real interested real quick because – Uh, The biggest part of the NFL football draft for fantasy players is where the players go has a huge impact on their performance and the amount of points they can score for your team. So, again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'm your host, Mark Ademus. I've also got my co-host on the line and our resident college football expert, JP. JP, how are you feeling this evening? Uh, Mark, I feel fantastic. You know, we had a couple days of lovely weather here where I had shorts and Tevas on, you know, rocking the pano roof and the Jeep wide open, and now we have rain showers, and I heard a couple thunderstorms off in the quite distance here, but it's a calm and peaceful rain, so very nice. Getting really excited. Uh, All my years of college football, we've had one of the most exciting uh, quarterback draft classes that you could put together on paper at the moment. So we're going to see how this pans out in the draft coming up Thursday and what we think uh, is going to happen and long-term game, what might happen. Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the weather has turned cold uh, this evening, which is fantastic to me because nothing is worse than last night when I woke up at 1 1 a.m., had to take a pee, and, of course, uh, could not go back to sleep for a while because it was so hot. Had to go grab the fan uh, and have it blowing directly on me, and that's always a sad day for me when the temperatures uh, turn a bit more warm. But on the plus side, folks, we've got baseball in full swing. We've got uh, summer softball leagues coming around and, uh, you know, time to hit the beach. So there are some positives. Uh, If you want to call into the show, we'd be happy to talk to you about the draft. Phone number for the show has changed. It's 515-602-9795. Again, 515-602-9795. And what we'd like to cover today is that we want to have a discussion about how valuable a first-round quarterback is as it's becoming perennial every year to see the top one, two, three, sometimes four, sometimes five, sometimes six picks in the first round of going to quarterbacks. And a big part of that was when they redid the wage scale for rookies, it no longer became a huge risk to take that player number one. We also want to review our hometown favorites. Hey, that's just how it goes when it's our show. So we will be reviewing our hopes for the Broncos and for the Eagles. And uh, then we'd like to go around, you know, kind of the probably somewhat consensus of the first round prediction and uh, how that thing, how that will go and how the players should fare for those teams. Uh, We're also going to cover some late round gems. And uh, if we do have time before we get to the late round gems, we'll do a little bit of fantasy um, uh, analysis on these players and see how they do. Uh, And JP, I wanted to uh, share my uh, old person moment of the day today. Uh, I uh, I had gone to the doctor uh, about a month and a half ago and my numbers weren't great. And so the doctor was like, you know, you got to get serious. I know it's been, you know, the COVID year was hard on everybody. 
but I was like, you know what, you're right. I got to get back in shape. I want to play, you know, sports this summer and everything. So, um, and our, our, our employer was really nice and purchased for anyone who wanted it, the Zoom app, or I'm sorry, not the Zoom, Noom, N-O-O-M. It's like a weight loss app. And it's kind of cool. I mean, it's yeah, kind of yeah, goofy. Yeah. But, um, and I'm not sure that it makes that much of a difference, but one thing it did have was the goals and number of steps per day, right? And, you know, just like the craze mm-hmm. with the Fitbits and everything, you want to try and get your like 10,000 steps or whatever. And of course, start your goal out lower than that, um, especially if you've been very sedentary, kind of like how I've been in COVID working like 12 hours a day. And, uh, but the pedometer on your phone is not as accurate as you would think. It's not bad, but it's oftentimes going to miss steps if you aren't carrying it with you. When you're taking some steps, it won't count those. So I decided to get myself a smartwatch, right? And so it's kind of nice because it can do some things with the phone, and, but it has a very accurate um, uh, a, a pedometer for counting steps on the GPS. So uh, I was excited to get that, and I've been wearing it, you know, since I got it. And I've been doing really well. My last uh, went back in for my follow-up appointment, and doctor was like, my God, your numbers are so much better. You're obviously making a, a real effort. And so uh, I was happy. And uh, today I uh, sat down to start working, and about halfway through the morning, I realized I wasn't wearing the smartwatch. And so I was, I kind of like was thinking about it. I was like, well, last night, I know when I got up to go to the bathroom, I know I was wearing it because I bumped into the wall and I had to look at it to make sure I didn't scratch it. So obviously it's in the house. I haven't left, you know, and I could not for the life of me figure out where I put it. And I kept thinking, I think I was sitting on the shitter and I took it off and put it on the counter. So I was looking like on the floor, you know, and underneath the toilet and in the, in the, in the cupboard and. Uh, I was like, well, maybe Gizmo grabbed it and, like, was playing with it. And so I, you know, checked under the bed and moved the bedside table. And then I just tore up the house pretty much. Like, I was like, okay, where could this thing possibly be? I mean, I don't take it off very often. So what's going on here? And whole day at work, you know, I was talking to coworkers. And I'm like, I don't know what I did with it. I mean, I didn't even leave the house. I don't know how I could have lost it. And it's just like, I'm just an idiot. I don't know what happened to it. And wouldn't you know it, uh, after work, I went into the bathroom to take a piss. I turned around and was straightening up my bath towel, and that's when I thought out of the corner of my eye, it's on that little shelf I have just, just above um, the line of sight, basically, and uh, then found my watch. So uh, for those of you who, who do stupid things and feel really old, don't worry. I'm right there with you. So um, we do have a uh, couple of trivia questions, and JP, if you have another one, feel free to throw it in. Um, I just picked up a couple of Let me of comment ones. on that real quick. This sure. is live. Your watch wasn't in the shitter. <laughs> right, right. Hey, it is waterproof, How many people though? drop their phones in the, in the toilet <laughs> these days? And, and you know what you should do as an experiment? Strap that thing on to the old gizmo and let her let him run around all day. You know, that would be interesting. I bet you he would get I'd quite a few I'd like to see steps. what kind of mileage she could put on that. I am still waiting for them to come up with an injectable GPS device you can put on your pet. You know, they have ones you can put on their collars, but Gizmo won't wear a collar to save his life. And, uh, right. but it is kind of nice as he's getting, I mean, he's only, a, he's only about a year and probably nine months at this point. So he's not that old, but for a cat, just getting past his teenage years. And so he's actually becoming much less uh, rambunctious and like aggressive. Although he still wants to go outside at 6:30 AM every morning because he wants to go take a piss or a shit. And uh, I mean, he has a litter box, but he doesn't want to use that. He prefers to go outside, and so do I. I don't have to clean it. Um, yeah. And I can tell you, last night, man, when I woke up at that one o'clock and couldn't fall back asleep, I am not positive because the fan was on, but I'm pretty sure I started hearing something howling, and I didn't know if it was a coyote or dogs or foxes or whatever. But 
Gizmo, of course, got all excited and wanted to go outside. And it's like, dude, I don't like letting you outside anyway because it makes me nervous about you getting hit by a car or something. And uh, you know that busy street <laughs> I live by called Midway. And I've had two neighbors plus the maintenance guy tell me that in the morning they've seen Gizmo running across Midway Boulevard. And I don't think that's true. I think they're mis- I think they're confusing him with another cat because Gizmo hates cars right. and like he runs back into the breezeway of the buildings when a car comes by. So it's like, what are the odds he's running across the street? And this how the street's a parking lot. So it's like, what would he want to do in a parking lot full of cars? Yeah. But who knows? So anyway, um, sports offensive trivia questions of the week. I've got two of them. So we'll answer this uh, uh, when we get to the halfway point. Hopefully JP can remind me because my adult old dementia brain won't remember. Uh, number one, what school have produced the most number one round for I'm sorry the most first round NFL draft picks since 1980 I'm going to guess yeah. that JP is going to get that one right but uh for those of you out there uh you know think mull that over chew on that a little bit see what you can come up with second question and this was a little bit trickier I'm not sure if you're going to get this one JP this one I I, I got the first one this one when I was looking at it, I, I didn't guess right uh what NFL franchise has had the most number one overall draft picks and I will okay. give you guys a little bit of a hint. It's actually it's it, it's a it's a franchise that has been in more than one city. So there's your hint. Okay. So it's okay. a franchise that has been in more than one city had the most number one overall draft picks in NFL history. Well, that so. that takes care of. No, that doesn't take care of. No, that take that does take one of my options out of it. <laughs> and you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just you know how it is. It's like it's weird. Because, I mean, I don't know how many teams have changed cities in the NFL. I mean, I, I can think of, like, one, two, three, four, five, or six off the top of my head. But there might be more. Um, I mean, there's a lot of old teams. I mean, like, I still am always baffled when it's, like, it used to be the eras, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals in baseball and football, you know. And it's, like, what is what kind of a weird situation was that? But, um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um so uh, on to the NFL draft, which again, you know, this is starts on, on Thursday. And the first topic here before we get into the draft projections uh, and our teams is about first round quarterbacks. So JP, I, I, do you listen to the fan, uh, the local station that we have here? You know, I listen to them every now and then because I'm in my car a lot of times during the day. I flip through satellite. It, it all gets a little mundane, but I do listen to the fans sometimes. Okay. So I listen to the morning show often because it's something to listen to while I'm doing, like, you know, spreadsheets uh, at the early part of my job if I'm not on conference calls. And there's two different things that they are pretty consistently famous for. One is that they pretty much think that Drew Locke has no chance of being a good quarterback, which I completely disagree with, and we'll get into that later. But um, that's one thing is that they they are – adamant about, you know, now they have different opinions on what we should do in that regard, be it a draft, which the guy DMAC, who was on the afternoon shows, drive, the drive show that used to have uh, Big Al Wilson on it, um, he yep. is a big, big about drafting early. If you have a pick in the top 10, or even if, you know, maybe the top five, and if you're out of the, just out of the top five, trade up to the top five to get that sure thing quarterback. Um, other people on that show and that program uh, have advocated for bringing in a free agent or trading for someone to challenge Drew Locke or even uh, usurp him, right? So uh, there are a few options. Yep. I'll go through those as well. Um, I don't really and like I, any of those. And, uh, 
I think you saw my Facebook post or post about the uh, um, the, the Broncos learning why not to do what the Eagles did with Joe Flacco, if I remember right. One hundred percent. I mean, what they were doing when the Eagles drafted, you know, they drafted um, is it Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jalen Hurts in the second round last year. Kind of a surprise move last year, right? Kind of shocked everybody. Then they replaced Carson Wentz. I think Wentz. I figured out why why that shocked them. I think I finally figured out why um, they picked him. They weren't sure they were going to get a season in and have no college football season to look at these quarterbacks again. I think it was a panic pick. You know, I, that's possible. That, that's absolutely possible. I, I never even I, thought of that until about two weeks ago. I mean, I my, my assumption, right or wrong, was that they were just used to Carson Wentz getting hurt. I mean, it's happened a lot during his yeah. career. And yes, exactly. it was like, you can't just have a run-of-the-mill back if we need somebody with some talent uh, that can do this. And that guy, I, I, I don't – did Jalen Hurts what, – what, what college did he come from? Well, he was um, – he, uh, he got benched in the national championship game in Alabama for Tua. And he went to Oklahoma where he just run rough shot over Big 12 defense. Um, no, you have no Right, right. So he was okay. Well, just, that's kind of like Trey Lance, right? Playing up in North Dakota or whatever it is. Um, actually, same kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, you, know, you know, I've seen the film. I've seen the pro day at Trey Lance, but I don't know much about the kid. I, nobody does because he's played one. When he played, like, was it one game last year? And then, or is that I mean, maybe I'm mixing guys up? Maybe he was the guy that has the 14 career starts. But um, you know, I mean, like, it, it, it is interesting. I mean, uh, well, again, we're probably getting a little sidetracked, but. Um, you know, when you, when you do these things, when you take these other quarterbacks, it reminds me of something that our friend uh, Chavez always said, which is you got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterback. Okay. You can't have a lack of a pecking order um, in, in your locking room. You just can't, it doesn't work that way. Uh, if no, you know, they need, the, the team needs to know who the leader is, who they're rallying behind. And yes, sometimes they can make a change halfway through and the team does better. That's fine. As more than likely, I mean, part of it's probably talent, but more than likely, it's probably because they're a better leader, don't you think? Say that one more time. Now, when they trade, when they change a quarterback mid-season, the team improves. Isn't is that really is that talent, or do you think that that's more that that is a better leader? Um, and and Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz's uh, predicament. Um, I fully believe that that cheap shot that was put on him in the playoffs two years ago uh, where he got the concussion and he went down, he still has lingering effects from that. Because if I, I watched Carson Wentz last year, he looked like a guy with – I have a ton of concussions, as you know. Um, that seeing stuff out of the corner of his eyes and picking stuff up that might not be there, he looked like a guy – he looks like me driving sometimes is what I, 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 I deciphered by watching the tapes and when <laughs> people broke him down on Monday morning. Here's a scary thought for all the Denver drivers out there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But to, to prove your point, um, they were that team was behind Nick Foles, and when they didn't bring Nick Foles back, a lot of the team got really pissed off in the locker room. Um, and that's hard to say. You know, Nick Foles is always the great backup. We've seen that now with uh, the Jaguars and now the Bears. You know, he was the backup that could always come in and give you the boost. Where Jalen kind of came in, and they got the Saints on a week where Drew Brees wasn't playing, and they kind of they kind of just stunned them in Philly. 
and then he lost the next two games, and the Washington game, you can say they took a dive. I would say yes, because I hate the Giants more than the Redskins. And if Skins win that game, they're in. If the Eagles beat the Skins, the Giants are in. And there's no way I want to see the Giants in the playoffs or the or <laughs> Cowboys. <laughs> you know, and, that's uh, just the packing uh, order of the, the NFC East. I don't mind the Redskins at all. <laughs> but well, the Giants well, and the Cowboys, I can't stand. If you bring in a quarterback and he has and he wins that game or he improves the team on that game, I think that has more to do with game plan, right? They weren't planning to play that guy. Uh, but if they have sustained success, like you let's say last last year, for example, uh, Herbert or, or uh, um, whatever is his name, Herbert down in uh, San Diego, or well, I'm sorry, LA hey now. Um, hey, Herbert, hey, Bear. Hey, Bear. So he's a, he had a yep. fantastic year, right? I mean, he he kind of he kind of shocked a lot of people, and uh, I think he was in the middle of the draft. Well, he ends up coming in because the doctors punctured the starting quarterback's lung. I mean, yeah, that, I, mean, do that? I, I don't know, but that, I mean, and, and in no way would I ever say that the doctors did that on purpose. Of course not. But it's just like, no, how does that happen? How do you do something? How do you get the needle in that far? I, but then I'm not a doctor, so I shouldn't, I shouldn't say. So anyway, um, what I thought would be an interesting exercise. Okay, so, so many people out there think that it's like the only way to get a great quarterback is to nab him in one of the first couple of picks or, or a pick in the first round. And while the number one pick can sometimes produce a nice quarterback and maybe the number two pick, it seems to me, and we're going to go through this list and you can kind of tell me what you think. I think a lot of years you find the better quarterbacks were not taken early. You know, and, and, and of course you can always have the, the ones that, that, you know, were spectacular. I mean, James, or uh, what his name is Burrow, Burrow last year looked great. Um, that Hebert looked great. And, and so that kind of skews it a little bit. But um, that is not really the norm. But we'll kind of go through this list, and you can kind of tell me if you agree with that. I yeah. usually start with 2009 because I thought that was an important year to look at because that was the year that Matthew Stafford was the first quarterback taken. And I don't know if he was the number one pick, but he was the first quarterback taken. And so Matt Stafford has been pretty good, right? I mean, he's, he's been the real deal. So that's an instance where that, the, that, that pick worked out. But um, does the sound – did it just get really scratchy sounding on, for your side, JP? I don't know What's that? that? No, my, my it sounds a little scratchy. Just, oh, okay, now it just went away. Wow, that was interesting. That was weird. Okay. Um, I don't know if anybody else can hear that. Maybe it was just me. Um, so Matt Stafford was taken in the 2009 draft. The other two quarterbacks taken in the first round were Mark Sanchez and Josh Freeman. Josh Freeman pretty much didn't do anything. I, I think he was he was the Bills, wasn't he? But um, no, Tampa Bay, wasn't it? But anyway, didn't do much. He, was, right? he, he went a couple places and never did anything. Yeah. Mark Sanchez did go to the AFC Championship, actually, his first two seasons. I think it was his first two seasons, maybe the second and third season. Um, but I don't know yep. if I would give him the credit. Like, I don't know. No, that he was, I don't give him the credit. Terrible. I mean, he's most known for the he's he's most known for the butt fumble, um, and he makes a great uh, you know um, he makes a great analyst on. I think he works for Fox Sports. Uh, you know, he does a great job at you know in the booth. And uh, he really never progressed. Uh, he had some personal problems coming out of college 
uh, two that I don't think a lot of people are, and I won't get into any of that, um, with, with something and beyond the subject. But he never really materialized. Matt Stafford, on the other hand, he was never really, I mean, Detroit as a franchise has just kind of floundered around at mediocrity um, for a oh, lot of absolutely. years, like the Cowboys are now for the past 23. Um, just <laughs> mediocrity. They never really gave them. You know I'm going to take a shot at the Cowboys anytime I get. Um, any, you know, they never really gave him any – he had Megatron for a while. They never really had a great running back with him, never had a great pair of receivers, never had a great defense. I mean, Barry Sanders retired early from Detroit because he never felt he had a chance to win anything. So did Megatron. He retired young. Yeah, that's He true. had at Megatron least five or six more good years in him. So, you know, it was uh, – but it, so I think overall, you know, Matt Stafford, I know that uh, our local guy – uh, Mark Schlereth, who was a uh, Super Bowl-winning lineman guard with both the uh, Redskins and back-to-back with the Broncos, uh, he they call him Stink. He does he 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 calls some NFL games and, and he's on our morning show here. Now he loves Matthew Stafford and he thinks if Matthew Stafford goes to a good team, he's going to have just an absolutely phenomenal year. Uh, so he's excited to see what he does with the Rams. Uh, I'm not I'm not absolutely certain I agree with his assessment of him. But like you pointed out, played in, in Detroit and Detroit, Detroit needs to have someone go in there and slap them upside the head and say, stop taking position star players with your draft picks, right? It's receiver, receiver, running back, running back, receiver, tight end. It's like, you guys, you don't have a good team. Build a good team. Right. And that means you build your good team up the middle. You know, it's like your line, your O-line, your deep, your, your, your pass rushers, your linebackers, and your and your and your safeties. I mean, so I agree with you. He's never had a good team really around him. But just goes to show you that that first year, right? Got Stafford, Sanchez, and Freeman. Only one of them is still playing. Only one of them had a career mark with any kind of success, even though it's not wild success. But you know, he, he he took Detroit to the playoffs twice, so that's pretty impressive. So right there, he just shows you, right? It's like, well, again, three quarterbacks taken in the first round. Only one of them had a career of any note. Okay, so let's go to the next year. So 2010, first off, player that you know so well, this is the last year of the insane rookie contract where there was, like, no yep. rules. It was, like, whatever the whatever the agents could finagle, and people started paying ungodly amounts of money for, you know, for people that were not proven, and that was Sam Bradford. He I, he got 100-some-odd million back when that was a big, big deal, and, and yep. I mean, he, you know, he kind of bounced around, um, you know, went to, the, went to the Rams, went to the Eagles, um, Oh wait, did he go to the, what the wait? Where did Sam Bradford get drafted to? He he went to the Rams and he went to the Eagles. It was the Rams, and then the okay. Eagles shipped him off to who knows where? Uh, Minnesota, and they got like That's a first right. round pick for him, which was amazing. So the Sam Bradford, not not great. I mean, he had he had a he I mean, he had like one or two decent years this year ish or, or you know decent, but. Um, I just tell you, every time I looked at him, he looked like a fourth grader staring at headlights. You know, he just always oh, looked intimidating. So, yeah, I know. Um, in Pennsylvania, we call that a, a, a whitetail running across the highway. Exactly. Man, it scares me driving in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, those woods you guys have. Man, it's like, first of all, it's oh, like Freddy Krueger's going to jump out and kill you. And second of all, it's like, dude, there are deer sometimes inches away from the road. And it's like, dude, they would mess your car up if you slammed into them. Oh, God. So, but they do get mesmerized. The other quarterback taken in the first round was an absolute joke. Um, good guy, good analyst, good uh, college player, but Tim Tebow. 
Um, yes, he had that improbable run with the Broncos for like seven games where just the most freakish things happened that caused him to win and then have that incredible playoff game where I will never forget to this day because I was at that roadhouse down by where Chavez lived and the entire bar was screaming and jumping up and down when Demarius caught that pass against Pittsburgh and took it to the house for the first play of overtime. That's about that. That is Tim Tebow's career. Now Tim Tebow didn't go into play. Yeah, I was uh, I was downtown for that game, and um, I I I think I was at uh, uh, Brothers or, or over at the Tavern. I'm not sure, but I remember that the people were on top of the bar screaming. So and you know the Tim I actually saw Tim Tebow play one game. I was actually at Mile High for one of his games. You know. <clears throat> Tim's a great athlete. He's a great analyst. If you listen to uh, get him on any show when he talks, um, he does stuff for the ACC Network for college football. He's an absolutely terrific analyst, has a huge future if he wants that because he's in so many different directions as being an analyst. I mean, you could put him in the booth, on the side. You could do anything you want with that guy. Um, Finally retired from baseball. Good for him. He gave it a shot. Didn't get to where he wanted to. Uh, The thing with Tim Tebow, I, I feel bad. What's that? I was just gonna say he did pretty decent. He made it up to double A, I think, or even triple A, and he and no, he, he made okay. it triple A. I mean, yeah, he I mean, he wasn't good enough to be wasn't good enough to be in the bigs, but uh, you know, yeah. it, it, I don't think people know how hard triple A is. <laughs> that's a, that's that's pretty oh, good. Uh, yeah, so. exactly. The, the, the thing that bothers me is now Urban Meyer is the head coach of Jacksonville. Urban Meyer is not a great quarterback teacher, as we saw with all the quarterbacks at Ohio State and Tim Tebow. If he actually had a quarterback coach under him to start with, I think could have been a much better quarterback than he was. Um, and that's where I get really iffy about the number one pick and Urban Meyer. And when we get into the number one pick, I'll give you a couple scenarios of what might happen here. Yeah, but at least that's like the one pick in the draft we know who it's going to be. And probably no, number two is probably a, a gimme too. But um, it is it may, it's one of those years where there's no doubts, right? So – uh, two quarterbacks in 2010, neither of much prominence. I mean, Debo had that one exciting season, uh, but that was it. I mean, even after that season, the Broncos couldn't wait to kick him to the curb. Uh, 2011, okay, so this one's a little bit more interesting. Uh, what did you say? I said, oh, yeah, 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 no, no. Oh, gotcha. Uh, 2011, so number one pick was Cam Newton. Number two pick was uh, Broncos' own Von, uh, 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 Von Miller. Um so Cam Newton, number one pick, Jake, the other one taken in the first round, Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, Christian Ponder. So Ponder was for the, the Vikings, didn't do anything. Blaine Gabbert nope. was with, I think, was the, the uh, uh, Jaguars, right? Yep. And so he didn't do much. Uh, he came to back nope. up somebody for a while. Jake Locker was the Titans, and he didn't do anything. Um, no, nope. Cam Newton did take his team to a Super Bowl, so you can say that was pretty good. But you know, 2011 was when they drafted him. It's now 2021. He's been on now a second team, so his first team didn't keep him. And honestly, after that first Super Bowl year, which I think you can argue, he was there. The team was there more for the defense than for the offense. Um, mm-hmm. And he did have a couple of good playmakers. And Cam Newton is phenomenal at getting short yards and getting into the end zone. He's, I, I will never take that away from him. He was always a good fantasy quarterback for that. But, I mean, he, I mean, he's now he's with the Patriots. Didn't do very well last year. They actually brought him back this year, although people are suspecting he might just be a seat warmer uh, because the Patriots will trade up and get a quarterback. Um, but you tell me, 
Would you consider Cam Newton a successful quarterback pick? Uh, a top-tier quarterback? No, I would not. Um, he's had too many years of injuries and skeptical play uh, to put him in the top-tier quarterback. He's right outside that, outside that top tier for me. Um, there's been too many injuries, too many lost games, and it seems he can't come up with that big play when you really need him to. He was a fish out of water up in New England. Um, he was under a tight, you know, regime of uh, Bill Belichick, we all know, um, runs things his way. And, you know, with, with, with the pandemic and uh, not having any OTAs or preseason, Cam kind of got through into the mix. I think they gave him that one – I think it's a one-year, one, one $1 million contract to be nice and say, we'll give you another shot or we'll have someone on the bench because i got a couple scenarios, too, that we'll get to a little bit later, what the Patriots might be doing. Um, but they just have him as a security blanket right now, I think. I agree. I agree. And I would not say that he was really successful. Now, I would not call him a disaster. I mean, he did start for, like, right. eight years there, and he did go to a Super Bowl. And, and he, like I said, he could be a good player – uh, but, you know, what you're talking about, like the big play, uh, he doesn't seem to be a very good passing quarterback. You know, it's like right. that wasn't his strength. His strength was doing dump-offs and things like that and then having people run. And then when it came to him having the ball, he was just so big and strong. But what happens to all big and strong guys, after they take five years of hits, they just aren't so good anymore. They start getting hurt. Um, I mean, just, not, 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 not they get hurt because they're probably just take the pounding. So I did want to mention – in the second round of 2011, both Colin Kaepernick and Andy Dalton were taken. Kaepernick went to a Super Bowl, had some exciting years. Andy Dalton had a number of good years in Cincinnati. Never, yep. I would never say great. Didn't ever go very far in the playoffs. But that's another team that drafts just unbelievably poorly and signs bad for years. And, and but, Andy Dalton was stuck with a really, not going to say bad coach, but not a very aggressive coach. You know what? It, he's not a bad coach. I don't think he's a good head coach. Um, but he got that right. position for so year, so many years in in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, it's like those some of the things. It's like you need to cut the line when it's not working. You know. And like I said, exactly. I think he'd be a good coordinator. Certain guys just aren't good head coaches, and it, and and there's no way to predict it. There's none. I don't care how much you think you can predict it. No one knows. Okay, no one knows because some guy can be an amazing coordinator. Think of how many amazing coordinators were in New England that Bill Belichick brought them in and was like, this is what we want. This is our system. This is what we're going to do. And then they did, you know, whatever they had to do to, to, to do the coordinator jobs. And they were fantastic. But Romeo Cornell yep. and um, was it Charlie Whitehead? Charlie something, um, you know, yep. Josh McDaniels. I mean, all these guys, uh, the guy, Patricia, that went to the Lions. There's a lot of people that have left, the coordinator positions in New England and gone on to be a head coach and not done well. So exactly. Um, I mean, look at Josh McDaniels because we had we were stuck with him for two years. Oh, Hurricane McDaniel, six and zero, and then the disaster after that. Uh, he, yeah. you know, you know what Daniel showed was that you can't you you can run your ship like Belichick, but you have to do it with respect because he didn't show exactly. respect to a lot of players, and so they weren't willing to stay and play for him. So not that I, I didn't have any problem getting rid of uh, Jay Cutler, but losing um, – who was that receiver we used to have? It was before Demarius Thomas. Oh, Brandon Marshall. Um, Brandon Marshall. Grant, the guy, the guy had some, some issues with, you know, his uh, bipolar disorder. But still, um, you know, they, he just drove a lot of people out. So anyway, sorry, we're, we're not talking about 
<laughs> coaches. Um, all right, let's move on to 2012. Okay, 2012 is a little bit different, right? We've got the most heralded prospect coming out of college since Peyton Manning in Andrew Luck. Now, mm-hmm. I think you'd probably say success, right? He took him to the playoffs a lot of times, had a, lots of excellent, you know, yardage and touchdown seasons. But, hey, he's already out of the game. Now, a big part of that was injuries because they weren't smart enough to get a, a decent uh, offensive line around him. And ironically, the year, like the two years after he left, their offensive line became fantastic, which is a big insult to Andrew Luck. But, uh, I mean, you could say success in terms of the talent was there. But, uh, yeah, the, well, he, he didn't last very long. The, yeah, the talent was definitely there. He got injured a lot. And Andrew Luck's a little bit cut, a little bit different than a lot of football players. He spends his summers – over in Europe, his off season's over in Europe. He's kind of a world traveler kind of a guy. He, he kind of runs by a different uh, drum beat, is what I'll say. I think he just kind of was fed up with how beat up his body was and realized there's more to life than getting a shots to the, to, the, to the ribs and a kidney laceration and everything he went through. But I put him as one of the top-tier quarterbacks of, of our, you know, of, of the last couple of years that we've seen. He just was too beat up. Absolutely. And, you know, he's a Stanford man uh, because of his intellect, not in spite of it with his athletic ability. I mean, he is a smart, smart guy. And you know what he has said, essentially what you have said, which is got kids. And it's like, you know what? I want to be able to play with my kids. I want to be able to feel good and happy. And, you know, you hear a lot of old football players, even if they don't have the mental issues from the concussions and, and the CTE, they still sometimes are like, well, but my knees hurt all day, every day. My feet hurt all day, every day. My back hurts all day, every day. Just doesn't sound like a a fun way to get old. You know, I mean, yeah, you get to have glory, but uh, that's kind of painful. So Andrew Luck, we'll call him a success. So there's your there's your early number one draft pick that that was worth it. Now number two is RG three. Now some people probably say RG three was worth it, and if he hadn't you know torn up his knee so many times, he would have been great. But let's be honest, he never was a good thrower. He never passed well. He was running off. Exactly. I mean, Mike Shanahan drafted Kirk Cousins in the second or third round because he knew that was a better quarterback, and that quarterback actually succeeded RG3 when RG3 got injured and got traded. So I think we've got to call RG3 not a win. Now, after him was Ryan Tannehill. Now, there's an interesting case. So Tannehill goes to Miami. Miami's been just in the doldrums for a long time now. And they get Tannehill, and he does okay, but he gets, like, two years in a row, he gets injured and misses, like, what, like two-thirds of the season or something, or the whole season. So they eventually let him go, and he goes to the Titans, backs up Marcus Mariota, which will come into our discussion here in a minute. He succeeded Mariota, and now he is the steward of the Titans in back-to-back fantastic seasons. So – it's an, in an odd way, he became a good or even great quarterback, maybe a great game manager, but he wasn't for the team that drafted him. And, again, that's kind right. of the point here. Remember who drafted them, not where they end up, but how they were drafted. Because if they don't stick around and they aren't successful, then did you really wisely spend that early pick when that pick could have gone towards a much more generational player so you guys take these quarterbacks in hopes that they're generational. There are some guys in every draft that you pretty much know are generational, right? Like like um, uh, that guard, uh, Quentin Nelson in Indianapolis. Like you knew that guy was generational. It was just like this guy's got talent just 
off the charts. I mean, that's happened with a number of players, and they're not they're not quarterbacks. But quarterback being a position of importance, people put more emphasis on it. So, I, and I think that's where people are not getting the value that they could. Now, if you actually need a quarterback, that's one thing. But a lot of times, people kind of put themselves in a position to then suddenly need a quarterback because they think it's going to save the team, right? So after Brian Tannehill, there's one other quarterback taken in the first round, Brandon Whedon. Now, Brandon Whedon goes to a long line of Browns disaster picks before the last four or five years when they kind of started getting things right. Um, I mean, do you really think they thought Whedon was going to be a good quarterback? I mean, why did they take him in the first round? I mean, that was from Boise State, but he was like, he was like 27 or something already. Yeah, if I remember right, Brandon Whedon was an Oklahoma State kid um, that was literally 27 years old and a little bit already over the hill, quite frankly. No, he, he wasn't Boise State? No, no, Oklahoma State. Oh, why did I think he was at Boise State? I could huh. be wrong on that, but for some reason, Brandon Whedon in Oklahoma State rings a bell when you said the age of 27. I know they had, up, Oklahoma but... State had an old quarterback that was gunslinger, but the downfall was he's already 27 years old. Yeah, I, I'm not going to look it up to see. And, you know, I, I shouldn't challenge you on college. That's kind of silly. Um, <laughs> you're, you're hey, I'm looking right. for all yeah. challenges here, man. I take them all comments. <laughs> uh, hey, those concussions aren't, 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 haven't taken away your, uh, your football intellect. So, um, exactly. yeah, so he, he, did, he did play for Oklahoma State. So good call. Um, so, again, didn't do much. So out of those four – I can say he had one that was worthy of his position and one outplayed his position in Tannehill, but again, not for the team that drafted him. So let's move on to 2013. We can kind of skip over this year almost. There was one quarterback taken. You pretty much can. (laughs) Right? And and he was taken like in the middle of the first round, EJ Manuel. Not that he was a completely severe. I think he had like two seasons in Buffalo that he was actually kind of okay, like gave him some excitement, but he was never going to be anything, and they were looking to unload him by the end of that second year. So we'll call that another first-round disaster, right? All right, down to 2014. So Blake Bortles goes first. Now, Blake Bortles took him to one AFC championship. It was kind of almost his last year in Jacksonville. And and Blake Bortles can always be considered a successful fantasy quarterback, right, because the team was always way behind. He threw two or three interceptions in the first half, and the team was down by 30. Then he would throw for – 350 yards and four touchdowns in the second half. So he was great in fantasy, man. He would score you like 35 points a day a week. Uh, but I think in terms of NFL, I don't think we consider him a success, would we? No. And he didn't make it. I mean, I guess he stuck around for a while, so maybe that's a success. He did play for probably six or seven years there. Uh, then he went to – where the hell did Blake Bortles go? He became backups at a few different places. I think he still – well, he actually played for the Broncos for like a week last year. And then they dumped him in favor of Driscoll. So I'd say that's a pretty big yeah, thing. He, he jumped around a couple places. Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football. The one that we wish that, uh, we wish that, um, oh, what's his, uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry Jones, wish he had taken him down in. in yeah, in I really do. His, his son talked him out of that move. I know. His son talked him into taking those, those offensive linemen, which led to a great offensive line. Oh, which is a little side note. I heard this the other day. I, didn't, I did not know this. So they had, I don't know if it was Mel Kuyper or somebody else that was talking about uh, running back. And he said, do you realize that Ezekiel Elliott is the only five-year starting running back for the same team 
that have seen his yards per carry drop every season. And it makes a lot I of sense. That. I mean, well, in that, that offensive line when he got there was top of the line. Chris, I mean, just A+. Plus. And slowly they got older. The injuries started to, to pile up. And now, even though they're still relatively good players, they've, A, lost the depth of the line. And they used to have good backups, which could come in and spell their guys, and that was the key. Um, but also those really good guys are no longer road grade, right? They're, they're still good, uh, but they're brittle. And, uh, you know, they're just not the same, same team. And so I think now Zeke is getting hit at the line instead of two feet for, you know, past the line. And Well, you know and, what? And there, here, here's another matters. way to look at it, too. You know, Jerry Jones also had his, <clears throat> excuse me, adopted son, the ginger coach there, uh, that was calling terrible <laughs> plays uh, all over the place and was, should have been fired as a head coach a couple years before he actually left. Right. Right. Yeah, he was he was terrible. Um, again, I mean, probably a good offensive coordinator or, or a position coach, uh, not a good head coach. Doesn't yeah. have the uh, doesn't yeah. have the 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 gravitas, right? He doesn't have the. Uh, it's kind of like when a guy's like a one like look at like look at a president or 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 you know the prime minister of a country, right? Like they kind of have to have that that air, you know. It's like you you know I you am the like boss. an Andy Reid or Arenas or you know a Belichick. Right, or right. even like a, a Parcells, a, or even a Rex Ryan, for goodness sakes. Well, it just goes to show you what working under Jerry Jones is like. So, um, the other guy taken in that uh, in that draft, 2014, was the last pick, Teddy Bridgewater. So Bridgewater was taken by the the Vikings, had that and had an okay year, maybe two years, and then he had that unbelievable leg injury that almost lost his leg and. He did come back, and he's able to play. Um, he's, you know, not, I wouldn't say great. I mean, he backed up, I think it was New Orleans. Uh, he then got uh, traded over to uh, or signed as a free agent with the Panthers, and they thought so much of him that they traded for Sam Darnold. So, you know, uh, I, you know, I feel bad for the guy. I'm sure that, that injury had a big effect on things. I'm sure it did. Uh, but I think we can say that all three quarterbacks taken in the first round, again, not worth it. No, I, I agree with you. I, I feel I feel bad for Teddy because with that injury, it's just so hard to come back. Absolutely. I mean, you saw what you know Alex uh, Smith went through trying to come back. So um, yeah, and he, he, he finally actually game, did but... retire after he won the uh, the comeback player of the year, the man of the year uh, last year. He did officially retire. I know he's looking forward to spending uh, – he's got a gorgeous wife and some kids there. I know he's looking forward to spending time with them. Well, you just can't uh, – you can't spend your career wondering if every hit's going to be, you know, life-damaging. So I, I, I totally understand why. Um, 2015, all right. So now this is when things start to change. Uh, you know, like, like we said, the, the contract structure's changed, and – the punishment for signing the quarterback went way down if you if you were wrong. Um, and this is where teams started cashing in. So they would cash in by trading away that number one pick to a team that really wants a quarterback, and they would uh, get you know a whole bunch of picks for it, or they had a horrific season and they decided to get a new quarterback is the way to go. This is kind of a trend that starts here and continues on for a while. So the first two picks were Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, there was so much debate. I know that I was on the Marcus Mariota camp. 
I know a lot of other guys were in the James Winston camp about who would be better. I thought Mariota had a chance to be a star. I thought Winston was just not sharp enough to really run an offense that was complex. Well, what did we find out? We found out that they're both not very good. Um, James Winston, you know, could throw some touchdown passes, but he threw an ungodly number of interceptions, even with fantastic receivers. And Marcus Mariota just uh, – boy, I, the only reason I think with Mariota, Mariota is, is mediocrity. That's all I can remember. Yeah, Winston, for me, I was on the Mariota train all the way, even though Oregon doesn't have a really good heritage line of quarterbacks coming out. Um, Winston, for me, watching him down, I watched a lot of Florida State games because they were really good back then uh, in the ACC, and you got your Florida State Clemsons and and, and, other rivalries. And uh, Winston never really did it for me. He never looked like he had the drive to be that special quarterback. Uh, he always seems sidetracked. I mean, look at the crab legs incident. I think the Uber incident. He always just seemed to be off in another land somewhere. Where Mariota, I, I think he just he got drafted by a not very good team, and I don't think he had a very good shot there. But I also think he was kind of a little lackadaisical about it too. Well, he gets replaced by so much praise in, in their college careers. I think sometimes it gets a little bit to you. You get a little bit of a big head on you. You know, something something happened with Mariota because, you know, Tannehill is the guy who ended up taking over for him, and that team has been on a roll since. So uh, I don't think Tannehill has as much talent as Mariota, but he also had talent that just kind of got masked by the fact that he was hurt all the time when he was in, was in Miami. Yeah. So, but overall, we've got the number one, number two pick, only two quarterbacks taken in the first round. That was 2015. It's now 2021, and both of those players have not been with their original team for at least a year, if not two for each of them. Yep. So um, probably just one year for Mariota as he went somewhere as a backup last year. And I know he still wants to start, but it's like, dude, why would anybody think you could be a starter? You just you didn't, you never you were never impressive ever, and it just happens. I mean, I, I'm not saying I would be any better. I wouldn't be. I'd be terrible. But it's just you know you're not you're not you don't have the right head for it. So then we go to 2016, happens all over again, right? Players just, people just threw down draft picks. Here's three, four, five, six draft picks so I can move up into your spot. Get Jared Goff, get Carson Wentz, one and two. Now, you can debate which one was the better one coming out. Uh, And, you know, there was quite a bit of debate on that. I mean, we're now, what, that was 2016. So we're the fourth, you know, coming coming into the fifth year out from that. Goff has been traded. Wentz has been traded. Um, Wentz, you could say, had some good seasons, and he did have some good, you know, like uh, uh, calendar season um, numbers, but he never made it to the postseason that I can remember for at least the first three years. And Nick Foles came in both times, and Nick Foles, St. Nick, champion, hero in Philly forever for getting that Super Bowl yep. win and, and the Philly special, and, um, you know, which is great. And uh, the funny thing is I don't really think Nick Foles is really, is really a, a great starting quarterback either. Um, yep. But what is that? Say that both of them have been traded now. And I mean, poor Goff. I mean, traded away with a lot of other stuff to get Matt Stafford. And now you're going to a team where Matt Stafford couldn't win. What is Goff going to do? Nothing. Goff's not going to be worth a, a fancy pick this year. I mean, that's just. No, just no, not, no not even close. <laughs> and, and, and the worst thing for the, the, the Lions, you know, is like they are like the, I don't know if they're like the sixth pick or the seventh pick or the eighth pick or something like that. And it's like, you know, they're, they're not early enough to get what they need, but then they always screw those picks anyway. Like I said, taking, 
you know, yeah. I mean, Megatron, who was a great player, but still, you took him. They took how many freaking running backs have they taken? I mean, I can't even remember all their names, but I mean, from too many to remember. Yeah, starting with like Theo Riddick and then going on like 12 or 13 guys they took in the first round, often high up in the first round. Um, at least, I want to say at least five in the last like 12 years, and just none of them. None of them are any good. Now, maybe they'd be better if they had a better team around them, better offensive line, better receivers. I don't know. But, I mean, they had Megatron, and then they've got, you know, TJ Hawkinson, so they're one of the best high-end receivers. They don't play fundamental football well, but no matter how you go about it, golf screwed. Wentz, who knows? I mean, he's going to an Indianapolis team that's got a real good defense, got a good running game, got at least one good receiver, and there's a lot of rumors about them trying to get Julio Jones, which, uh, you know what, that would be like saying to Wentz, because uh, we already know they've got good tight ends. Like, we're going to give you every opportunity to succeed. Can you do it? I, I think I think Carson Wentz is going to have a great year this year. Uh, that Indianapolis team is set up pretty well, and I think he'll fit fine just in there. He, he's reunited with his quarterback coach in Frank Reich, uh, which I, the next one on the list here is Paxton Lynch, who came to the Broncos. And I'll tell you right off the bat, if Paxton Lynch had Frank Reich, as a quarterback coach, I think Paxton Lynch would still be a little bit in the conversation with the team right now. Boy, what a disaster he turned into. I mean, that guy, I mean, not only did he not do well, I and mean, like, there was a lot of, lot of talk of him, like, spending all of the time playing video games and poker and not, like, studying film and not being a, a workhorse and a grinder. And it's like, boy, it's like my, our, our guy, local guy, Mark Schlair, says all the time, it's like, quarterback isn't a position, it's a lifestyle. You either buy into it, it 100% it or you don't. And if you don't buy into it, you're going to lose. You're just, you're just going to lose. And, and the, talent doesn't, the problem doesn't with, do it. With, the Bron- or with our hometown Broncos, um, they, put a, they, they put a quarterback coach in there that was a former defensive back that should have been a quarterback coach. Uh, like I said, you know, it, it's, 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 it's amazing what happens when you get yourself with a fundamental court, quarterback coach. Like, look at Brady. Brady was a nobody. He's had this quarterback coach for years. Um, you just you get out there and you learn the fundamentals of the game. I, I always tell anyone, if you want to learn how to be a quarterback, put on any game film of Peyton Manick and watch his mechanics. Those mechanics are perfect quarterback mechanics. From where he holds the ball to his footwork, reading through his progressions, that is the perfect picture of what a quarterback should look like. Yep, not flashy, efficient. Efficient yep. and not turning the ball over. Hey, what did uh, Brock Osweiler like to say? Uh, job security is uh, – or ball, ball security is job security, and that uh, didn't work for him. Yep. Uh, all right, so 2017. So we can say that – we can pretty much say all three were a bust there. I mean, they had a little bit of flash early, but uh, certainly weren't worth – I mean, gosh, did, did, were they even back to having a number one pick by the time Wentz was gone? I'm not sure. Uh, same thing with the, with the Rams. It's like, I mean, you kind of gave away all your number one pick for three years or whatever it was, five years. Um, 2017, Michael Tr- or Mitchell Trubisky, first quarterback taken. I actually thought he was good in Chicago. I didn't understand, like, all the hate he got, but he obviously wasn't good because no one liked him. I thought he seemed like a good quarterback, but, I mean, I really only saw his highlights on the Red Zone channel when I was playing fantasy football, so probably just didn't really get the, the full scope of it. I mean, we, he's, already, he's already off his team, right? So that didn't work out so well. Well, I'll tell you this about Trevinsky. This is the problem with Trevinsky. He came from Duke. They, they stretched to take him from Duke because he had the Manning pedigree coaching under him, 
and they took a stretch and they expected a lot out of him, and that's why he's been scrutinized. That's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, so it's just like, just uh, uh, so are you saying like unfair expectations? Yeah, they put an expectation level. They put a Peyton Manning and Eli Manning expectation level on him where it was like, okay, he's good, but he's not that good, even though he's been coached by, you know, the coach that coaches the Mannings. You know, there's flashes of brilliance, but you can't put someone on a pedestal before they're ready to be put on that pedestal. And that's kind of what right. the Bears fans did to him. Yeah. And, and, and Man- the Manning brothers, I mean, obviously they it's in their genes. I mean, they're just they, – but they weren't just the talent of the arm. They also, you know, they were very cerebral. And that was a big part yep. of their game. All right. So after that, so then we got Patrick Mahomes went number 10. Well, obviously that's a success. So, you know, kudos on that one. He's obviously one of the best players in the NFL. Um, yep. So there you go. Middle first round. There's where you find a dynamo right there. Um, we should mention like in earlier years, uh, you know, like a Russell Wilson, third round, you know, um, yep. a couple other guys who are Drew Brees, third or fourth round. I mean, you know, great, great, Zach great, Prescott, great third round. What's that? Dak Prescott, third round. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know if Dak, Dak Prescott is, is on the league with those other guys, but then again, in fantasy last year, he was amazing until he got hurt. So, um, Yeah, no, I want to put him on that, that level, but he's still a, a tremendous starting quarterback when, when he's, before he got hurt. Right, and, 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 like, but in a late pick, not, not an early pick. Um, another guy taken in that round, the other, the other quarterback taken in 2017 was Deshaun Watson. So Deshaun Watson, legal troubles right now, but, you know, we'll see if those, if those pan out or not. Um, definitely has talent. Um, hasn't done for all the yards and, and quite a few touchdowns they've gotten in Houston, along with having one of the best receivers in history. Um, not much. So I, I won't call him a bust, especially if this legal thing blows over. Uh, he doesn't miss time. I won't say he's a bust uh, because he's, he's, he's got plenty of time to prove otherwise. But uh, that team has steadily gone downhill since he got there, don't you think? Oh, God, yeah. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll hold out. So Mitchell Trubisky was a failure. Middle-round guy, Mahomes, great success. You know, kind of a one-in-a-million success. Uh, Deshaun Watson, kind of out on it. But still, that early-picked quarterback was a disaster. Uh, so now we go to 2018. This was a famous year, at least. I don't know if it was nationally called this or if it was just locally called this, but they called it the Hall of Fame Five. Right. There was these amazing right. five quarterbacks and, you know, you have Baker Mayfield going one. Um, he's doing all right. Had a good year last year. I thought he's kind of matured a little bit, so he might be worth it. I don't know if he was, if he's number one quality, but he's okay. Uh, and again, he can, he's got time to prove himself. Uh, Sam Darnold. And, you know, the one thing to say about Baker real quick. Uh, yeah. The funny thing is, is he actually played better after Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt. And the reason I think that is is because when you have a diva and a stud like Odell is, you're looking at him too much and trying to force, force to get him the ball uh, just because he, 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 he wants the ball. And that I, I, takes you off your other targets and, and your other talent on the team. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think he's kind of like Terrell Owens in that if you don't get him the ball, he'll become such a massive distraction that he'll just, he'll just crush exactly. you. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I think getting I, divas. You know, divas. If you if you're unbelievably productive, then maybe it's okay if you're a little bit of a diva. But you can't be a diva to when you're not getting the ball. You cause problems. You know. So, 
Um, the second player taken in that draft was Sam Darnold. Um, I, you know, he's got a new lease on life. He's on a new team going to Carolina where he's going to have McCaffrey, one of the best players in football. Maybe he can resurrect his career. They must think they can because they, they brought him in despite having Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, but he's already on the second team. So I've got to have to call that a failure. Uh, next is Josh Allen. Okay, so there's your Mahomes. I mean, he's not quite what Mahomes is, but um, amazing year last year. It took him two years to get get to his high level, but uh, he was phenomenal last year. And um, and a player called Stephon Diggs. Oh, yeah, that, that never hurts. No, no. But yeah. he made – but he – Josh Allen, like, would, would have, like, seven or eight receivers every game or you know, guys that caught the ball. Right. So, yeah, now he was my uh, he was my actual pick in that draft coming out of Wyoming. I thought he had the cannon and, and all the strength. He was one of my higher-up guys on and all these players. He was one of my favorites. And he was the guy that no one that no one would give the proper respect to because he was coming from Wyoming, right? And so it's like, well, exactly. you're playing in the yep. in the MAC or the WAC or whatever it is, and it's, you know. Anyway, no. Um, so he was so he was so he's phenomenal. He's had a great year, uh, second great year in a row. He looks really good, and he also gets you a scrambling quarterback or scrambling touchdowns if you're a fantasy player. So he's a great fantasy star. Um, actually, won me a title last year. Um, next was Josh Rosen, unmitigated disaster. One year. One year, first round quarterback, and they got rid of him. One year, and that shows me the. Uh, even took him. It it shows you how stupid the Cardinals organization was right then because Arenas just uh, he just left uh, the chosen Rosen who had a hot tub in his college room. Um, <laughs> don't soak in the suds and don't put the time in. You know, get you right out of there. And he went to Miami and shit the shit the bed. So I, that's more of a – he already had that lazy lifestyle, I think. He, right. he just uh, – I don't think he was going to – he needs a really special coach to really put him through the grinder if they were going to ever get anything out of him. Did they uh, – is he still with Miami, or is he is he in the league anymore? Oh, they, they sent him off somewhere else already. Yeah, wow, so major disaster. Uh, final pick in that round, very last pick, uh, the Ravens took um, Lamar Jackson. So – Obviously, that one has paid off. He's kind of like a uh, – I won't say he's Mahomes because he's not as nearly as good of a thrower uh, or passer, but he's better as a scrambler or runner, um, and, he's a, and he's a very competent passer. So, uh, won the MVP, so obviously that's a hit. So, you can say Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, two later picks, you know, have been have panned out well. Two earlier picks, Sam Darnold and Josh – well, Josh Rosen was a little bit later – disasters and Baker Mayfield, I think you can kind of say we're, we're still in a way in the holding pattern. Um, but yeah. I wouldn't say he looks like a superstar, but he could become a decent enough uh, game manager and leader on a team with a great running game and a good defense to, to go somewhere. So out of that hall of fame five, we've got two that look like they have hall of fame talent. So it just goes to show you, you've got five options there and the two that look the best are two of the last three taken. So mm-hmm. early draft picks, don't really seem to pan out for a quarterback. Um, we're almost done here. So 2019, Kyler Murray goes number one. The guy was a baseball, got signed by the Athletics. Um, all of a sudden, he went from like a third round kind of guy to suddenly being the number one pick. It was just amazing how as the draft starts to get close, those teams that are losing are like, we need a quarterback who's the best kind of quarterback. And then they find, you know, and uh, Kyler Murray, I haven't really seen 
in my personal opinion, the talent or the, the production that would make him a superstar. But he's not been bad at all. He's been they've been very competent, and he could get even better. I mean, if he, if he gets a little bit sharper on the game, uh, you know, he could he could be pretty good. So that one worked out okay. Um, again, we're holding pattern, but it looks pretty good. Um, yep. Daniel Jones and then Dwayne Haskins. So Daniel Jones, what do you what would you say? If, I mean, you watched that team close. What would you say his production is? Up and down, up and down. Um, losing Saquon this year, well, you know, I, I hate anyone getting a knee injury, but Saquon even going to the Giants was horrific for me. But Saquon gone down, that that one hurt. He's a Penn State Penn Stater. I've seen Saquon run the ball, and, and he's just amazing, amazing talent. Um, he's on his way back to recovery. I think that team's going to be fine as long as uh, they shore up everything around them. Um, Daniel Jones was another one of those picks where they thought it was a reach for where they took him, but it might pay off. That one might pay off. It's, we're still really early in the years to tell. Obviously, he had the one year away from COVID, and uh, then we have the COVID year, and then we're going to still have uh, somewhat of a COVID year coming up. Yeah, and you know, um, he did have that, like, 89-yard run where he got caught from behind, which was kind of sad, but uh... – but I, oh, he didn't get I mean, from behind. He fell over. Is that what happened? Yeah, there's a, there are all kinds of memes of book. You know, you remember Booker T from the WWE? They used to do those oh, yeah. leg drops. Yeah, well, there's all kinds of memes out there on uh, like the Eagles uh, Bleed Green Mafia page that I'm a member of. Uh, Booker T when he when when they, they they timed it up when Booker or when um. <laughs> when Daniel, I'll have to find it for you. When Daniel Jones has fallen, Booker T is dropping the leg on him when he hits Lord. the floor. It's hysterical. I'm sorry, it's hysterical. I just remember that that was a moment. That was like the butt, like the butt fumble. So um, the other guy is oh, Dwayne yeah. Haskins. He just over a blade of grass. <laughs> and uh, I I could do that. Uh, Dwayne Haskins disaster. Uh, we kind of knew it was a disaster oh, yeah. when they drafted him. Even worse, and then he got in trouble, and now he's been cut, and I don't think anybody's going to sign him. His, his NFL career might be over. So um, I, I think he's pretty much in the tank. So you could say Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones. I think Kyler Murray was one. I think Daniel Jones was four or six or something. Um, not bad. Uh, Daniel Jones, I think, was four. So, you know, I think the book is still out on both of them. It's not, it was only two years ago. So, um, you know, they're all right. But Dwayne Haskins, absolute disaster. So there's one year where I can say – the early draft picks seem to work out, but again, it's still early. Uh, and then we have last year. So last year kind of makes things feel different, right? And I think this is what is selling a lot of people on this year going after all these quarterbacks when they probably shouldn't be. Um, and that's because it was Joe Burrow, Tua Tagalova, Justin Aber, and Jordan Love. So Jordan Love hasn't seen the field because of Aaron Rodgers, which no surprise there. But Burrow looked amazing until he got hurt. Um, Tagalovoa looked yeah. okay. Um, not too well, wasn't great, but he's not bad. Um, we'll see what he does with some little more time. Uh, and uh, Aver looked freaking phenomenal. I mean, my gosh, that guy was amazing. Uh, the, the team didn't do that well, but um, right, he looked like a future star. So, you know, you look at this draft class, and, and then, you know, like I said, Jordan Love, who didn't play. Um, so the top three guys, two of them look phenomenal, one of them looks decent. So I think that is only feeding into the myth that taking an early quarterback is a guarantee of success, right? So, anyway, that's kind of – Let me give you a little, uh, little hint here on Jordan Love real quick. There might be talks on Thursday of moving Jordan Love 
for an additional pick for the Packers. So who would, who would Jordan Love be going to? Oh, we're sitting in the state that they were talking about. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not following. <laughs> Sorry. Billy? The Broncos. No, we're, oh, I said we're sitting really? in the state we're, we're talking about. Oh, I don't like that. Colorado. No, no, no. Denver. I don't want him. I, maybe he's good. I, uh, no, no. I just don't. I, I don't want any. I don't want a quarterback here. I don't want another quarterback. I, I don't I, want no, I, I, I would never look at that kid for here. Trust me. But I, I heard that rumor today. Well, that, uh, when only... I texted this morning, I was watching the get up, and that rumor floated around for a lot of the day. Hmm. I think it's more that they need something to talk about. But uh, but who knows? Who knows? Okay. So um, any any uh, any parting thoughts on you for, or from you about uh, taking an early quarterback? Uh, taking the early quarterback is always risky. You got to realize they're probably going to get drafted by a very terrible, terrible, terrible team. And, um, the guys that get picked later get picked up, uh, by a better, usually by a better team. Look at Lamar Jackson. Now my problem though, you already pointed out, Lamar needs to be accurate with his passing game. If they're ever going to make it to the Super Bowl. if he can't get accurate with his passing, Lamar is going to be a bust. Even though he won an MVP, if you're not going to get the team, once you stop Lamar Jackson's running game and you make him throw the ball, you stop Baltimore in the track. Now, yeah, they're looking like for the, receivers. Go ahead. I was just, I was just going to say, and we've seen that now, back-to-back seasons, haven't we, with, with the Ravens. Um, two years in a row, yep. Lamar looking fantastic, but, boy, they, and they get in the playoffs and they hit that team that knows how to stop them, has a good defense, and it's a buzzsaw. Yeah, and that, that's exactly what happened. So, you know, even though you have that, that, that success and we have all these quarterbacks taken, um, I think Sam Darnold got a raw deal um, with the Jets. Uh, they, they're just not set up. The Jets aren't set up as a franchise. And we'll, when we get into the picture, I'll, I'll explain what I would go with that. And if you look at the other ones, I mean, Winston had all kinds of problems. Uh, they said Bortles didn't go to a big enough school because UCF at 2014 really wasn't that big of a school or not that known as a football school yet. And, you know, you go back to the nine draft, and Stafford is still the guy around that can really still sling the ball, and it's going to be interesting. He's going to have a loaded offense, and, oh, hey, well, we're actually going to find out what the former Georgia Bulldog can do. And I think it could be an exciting year for the Rams, honestly, um, if that defense is still good. I mean, they've still got the best defensive player in the planet, but uh, do they have enough around him, you know? Um, exactly. So, so let's get into some trivia questions here real quick, and then we'll yeah. jump right into the draft. So uh, the first question was, what school has produced the most first-round NFL draft picks since 1980? Okay, so since the year 2000, I know it's been Alabama and Ohio State. Uh, that's a given. If you go back into the 90s, you're still looking kind of Alabama, Ohio State, but you got to throw a couple other teams in there. If you're going to go back to the 80s, I got a little leg up on this because my Penn State and the Lions beat this team in the 1986 National Championship game, the Fiesta Bowl in Tempe, Arizona at Sun Devil Stadium. Uh, Joe Paterno and the Nittany Lions beat the Miami Hurricanes 14-10 to to win the 1986 National Championship game. I'm going to go with the Miami Hurricanes having the most number one overall draft pick. Uh, that that is correct, and um, 
the uh, it's amazing to think that they actually only scored ten points in a football game. I mean, that that's was how good uh, that defense was. But they were a factory, man. I mean, Shockey and Michael Irvin and um, I'm just I'm not, I'm not even thinking of a lot. Of, I mean, there, there was there was like. You know, oh, you're, uh, I mean, that, there's so many kids that came out of there. It's ridiculous. They were uh, they were producing. I mean, they had that 52 or 54 game winning streak in the in the, in the Orange Bowl. They were uh, an NFL production franchise. Is how you. I mean, if you if they you were grew up just the, ridiculous. You grew up in the late 80s and and early 90s. That was, I mean, that was the team. I mean, it was a shock they didn't win it every year with the kind of talent that yeah. they had. So you and are was, correct. I mean, I, I think Penn State was like a two-touchdown underdog in that game, too. Not a surprise. I just remember when they played Nebraska, and after CU fans, you know, that's my alma mater, and a lot of people were like, no, we should be going to the national championship because we just we were ranked high, and we just whooped the crap out of Nebraska at their stadium, you know, because that was almost back in Eric Crouch. If you stopped Eric Crouch with the linebackers, which is what, you know, the Buffaloes often have good linebackers, uh, they just destroyed them. And, uh, yeah, but anyway, I'm glad they didn't go to the – to the national championship because they went and played Oregon and got stomped on. And it would have been worse if they went against Miami and Miami did do that to Nebraska. I mean, they, Miami made Nebraska yeah. just look like a joke. Um, okay. Oh, so yeah. other question is what NFL franchises had the most number one overall draft pick? Okay. So you said that this team has moved cities. So my initial guess yep. would have been Cleveland, but that's just as, as of late. Uh, the Cleveland always had decent teams overall. And, you know, that would mean the Ravens because they moved cities or however you want to define what that actually was. Because I'm still not sure everybody knows. I mean, Cleveland still retained <laughs> the Browns' name, um, which right. whatever happened, happened. All I know is there was tractor trailers in the middle of a snowstorm moving to Baltimore. Um, my second right. guess would have been – Probably Cincinnati, but I don't like that guess. It's, since you said uh, that they moved, I'm going to go out with the San Diego Chargers that just moved to L.A. Good guess. It's actually the Baltimore and Indianapolis Colts. Oh, okay. Okay. So a little okay. older, All right. little older situation. So, all right. That'll do it for our trivia question. We'll go ahead and move on to uh, our favorite team drafts. Do you want to go first with the Eagles? Uh, sure. So, obviously, the Eagles uh, traded down, and uh, they have 11 picks in this draft, which means they have the highest amount of draft picks. Cowboys are second at 10. Once again, we beat them in some numbers there. Every time we get a win over the Cowboys, I'm going to applaud. You know, I like to stick it to them as much as I can. So, here's the, here's the deal. So right off the bat, we know that a lot of the receivers shouldn't be there. So if Patrick Sertain doesn't go off the board, you're looking at J.C. Horn, which they might be able to trade down and still get him. Now, if the Broncos, and we'll go into this when you get to yours, if the Broncos trade up for someone, if, if Mika Parsons from Penn State's there, stud player, I would be happy with him. And there's some talk of Jalen Waddell, because of the injury last year, dropping a little bit in this draft which I'm fine with Jalen Waddle if they're going to go that route. I'm no problem with it. So now if they want to trade up or down, if they're going to go after like a, a Jamar Chase, I'm good with that. If they're going to trade down, and this is the obvious thing for me because they need offensive line help, and we all saw the Super Bowl. We saw the Chiefs score nine, not even a touchdown, just three field goals, nine points. That's what happens when you don't have an offensive line. I think Carson Blunt – or Blunt. 
Carson Wentz has been blamed for a lot of that unjustifiably. So uh, the offensive tackle on a USC I love, and he'll be there, and you can trade down for him. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker uh, from USC, is a, he's a perfect tackler. So I like that right there. I can tell you something that is going to happen, and I'm going to rush through this because I want to get through everything, try to get through everything here. Um, by the end of Saturday night, Zach Ertz will be traded to someone. Guaranteed, done deal. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know what the trade will be, but I know he will not be an Eagle after Saturday night. So my late-round hopefuls, I love Kellen Mond, the QB out of Texas A&M. I love Kyle Trask, the QB out of Florida. And Javonta Williams, the running back out of North Carolina. And I'm going to throw some stats down here because this guy gets overlooked a lot, doesn't get talked a lot because of Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. I mean, this kid is 5'10", 212 pounds. He's in 11 games this year, 157 carries, 1,140 yards, 19 touchdowns, 25 catches, 305 yards, two touchdowns. He's a stud. And the worst part is he was trading off time with another running back that's a stud in that backfield. Scary stuff. Who might, who might be the second running back taken? Exactly. Or the first running back, or even the first. I mean, I've heard that even some people are thinking of taking over Hines. So, it's, I mean, I, I wouldn't do that. But, you know, who knows? So, um, yeah. no, no idea never where – why, why are you so sure that Ertz is going to be off the team? Is it because of that uh, – I can't believe I forget his name, the guy, the, the, the new tight end they have? Uh, starts with an F, doesn't it? Goddard. Um, Goddard. Gooder, Goddard. Oh, Goddard. What's his name? Goddard. What's his, what's um, his first name? It's, it's, it's been rumored for a long time. It was rumored all year that they wanted to move him. He, Zach Ertz is getting old. Make no yes, mistake about is. it. He is. Um, he, he's a fan favorite, but it's, it's, he's run his time. He's run his course. And, you know, it's, it's kind of – he's been on that trading block the whole year. I think right now is the time to, to, to let him loose to someone else and bring in something. Yeah, yeah. But the, and, the know, rumor you, mill has been a buzz. Over every Philly feed I see, Zach Ertz will be gone by the end of the draft. That's interesting. I, I, I just wonder if they get value for him. But, um, he has Broncos. a little bit. That's why, that's why they want to pull the plug on drafting, I think. They don't want to go into another season and still have him. You know, they should get him uh, – Get him to uh, like Green Bay. They seem to collect old tight ends. So um, that that's a good that's a good place. So Broncos draft. I'll go through it real quick. Um, my desire is Micah Parsons. I don't. To me, there shouldn't be a question. And I, I, and I, you know, I know the radio stations have to come up with something to talk about, and so I think that's why they keep saying these things. But they are talking nonstop about trading up to four, grabbing a quarterback, the fourth one off the board. Which I, what who's going to do that? Uh, all sorts of crazy questions, all sorts of crazy things, you know, trading up to seven, trading up to four. Um, no, don't get a quarterback in the first round. That's so stupid because then you have to start them. I mean, it's just over for Drew Lock. That's not competition. That's replacement. That's just stupid. You don't do that right now. The defense is all set to have a good year, um, praying for no injuries. So do what you need to do. So one thing you have not had in Denver for a long time is a middle linebacker that can cover the field. Right? They have been burned by tight ends year after year after year. You get Michael Parsons, me, the he guy is a has sideline to sideline player. I mean, he has he has next level speed. And uh, I, I heard one assessment from uh, one of our local guys here, not not from the fan, uh, that was talking about him and said that this guy's absolutely a generational linebacker. That he will be on your yep. team leading that defense for ten years. Don't be stupid. Take him. You needed a middle linebacker for a long time. You'll get him at a great price, and you'll get him with a fifth-year option. Now, 
If they absolutely decide that they must go with something else, Patrick Sertain, which I'm not certain he'll be there, but I think he'll be there at that pick. Um, the best quarterback coming out of the draft, you've got a really nice cornerback core, but two of those guys are on a last year or a single year contract. One or both will be gone next year. He would be a perfect person to then slide into that starting role. Um, you know, that, that, that should be the thought process. Again, I would go with Micah Parsons. I want to take care of the middle, which hasn't been taken care of in a decade for the team. Um, but if you're going to do something else, certain. Do not, do not trade up for a quarterback. I will be so angry if they do that. I will consider that an absolute boneheaded move. And I don't think that the new GM, George Phil, I don't think he'll do that. You could trade down. I have seen Micah Parsons going as late as 30th in mock draft, which I think is just wow. crazy. But I could see him drop into the 10, 10 or 12. So maybe you could fall back a few spots. I don't think Sertain's going to fall that far. So I think you lose your shot at him. I think Dallas takes him no matter what if he's around. Um, but, you know, you can do that. You can trade down, but you make sure you get one of those guys. I would say just stay where you are, get Micah Parsons, do this thing right, make that defense ready to really control things. You've got the offense with everyone coming back, and they'll finally have a year of actual practices. Give it a shot. You know, um, as for a QB, they do need, you, you do need a backup quarterback that, that's startable. And that's what is always trying hard when you're trying to, to mature the quarterback you have, right? It's very hard to do that uh, when you bring in a young quarterback because then it's more of a, oh, well, should we start this guy? But, you know, second, third round, whatever, Davis Mills, Kyle Trapp, you already mentioned Trapp. These guys are a little bit underappreciated. You know, they, they've had good years. Um, I think those are going to be a great fit to have after, you know, to have – bring him behind Drew Locke, and you'll have a capable backup, um, and maybe he feels a little bit of a fire lit underneath him, and then we get a chance one year to see if Locke can be the guy. If Locke can't do it this year, then we go ahead and move on. But uh, give him give him a shot. Give him a legitimate shot, not, a, not, not after a COVID season with a brand-new coordinator and, like, five new players on offense. I, how, how is he supposed to be ready for that? You know, I, I, it's silly. But, um, all right, let's move on to the actual draft. So, uh, okay. unless, you, unless there was anything you want to say about the Broncos. Uh, no, no. Um, you know, Drew Locke has gone into radio silent mode. Uh, he said he is not going to do any talking about whatever happens in the draft or what happens through uh, the summer. He's just going to go out and play. I know that for a fact. Yep, and that's what he should do. Um, Jacksonville, first pick, Trevor Lawrence. Is there any, any – is there any – chance that that's not who it is? I would say absolutely not, but you never know with Urban Meyer and the gambler that he is. I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) They say that he's the best. I've uh, seen Urban Meyer pull some strange shit in his day, all the way from back in Florida. You never know what goes on in that guy's head. They definitely need a quarterback. Uh, This guy is kind of a consensus best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Uh, interestingly, he has the same side effect of Andrew Luck, which is he's got a lot of interest. He even said recently in an interview, which, of course, got released right before the draft instead of, like, waiting, which is kind of mean, um, where he said, you know, football is not my life or it's, like, not the only thing in life or whatever. And that worries some people. Like, well, it should be. It's like, well, you know what? It, 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 it does have to be a lifestyle, but it doesn't have to be the only thing in that life. So, I don't know. We'll see what well, happens. Well, here's why he said it. Here's, here's why he said it, and I'm not sure you even know this. 
Uh, he actually just got married like two months ago to his uh, either college sweetheart or high school sweetheart. So he actually literally just tied the knot. He's going to go into the NFL, have all this fame, and he just got married. <laughs> and that could be the most wonderful thing for him, right? A guy that were married exactly. uh, and, and with a long-term girlfriend, they keep their head on straight, right? It's like, don't don't lose sight yep. of what yep. we're doing here. Kind of keep them eyes on the, on, on the prize kind of thing. Uh, second pick, New York Jets. Zach Wilson out of BYU consensus. Uh, any chance they don't take him? Uh, none whatsoever. That's a foregone conclusion. They love Zach Wilson, and unfortunately, Zach Wilson has gone to a terrible franchise right now. They've made some strides to get better, but he's just being he's being put into a terrible situation. And I know they're they're they're. They're Debbie Downing, Zach Wilson, because of the, the schedule BYU played. BYU didn't have a choice to play that schedule. They actually had top-ranked teams on their schedule before COVID. BYU was an independent. They went independent because they have their own BYU tan- uh, television channel um, where they that's were promoting, the like, the Texas uh, – Yeah, and, like, the Texas channel where that's why Texas and A&M split because they wanted revenue from this, that, and the other thing. That's why A&M went to the SEC. Uh, BYU has their own channel. And they had a very good schedule set up, but once COVID hit, Notre Dame was already the ACC and everything but football. They're, they're uh, you know, an independent in football, so they went into the ACC, so they got their schedule taken care of. BYU had to piece a schedule together. Now, Washington had a chance to bring BYU, BYU into Washington to play a game. They declined the chance to do it. Washington was scared of BYU. Now, Coastal Carolina – when they got their game canceled because of COVID with another team, they brought the BYU in, and Zach Wilson led them down the field in one of the great games of college football last year, and they just couldn't score at the end, and Coastal held them off. One of my favorite college football um, games of the year, Chanteliers, Chanteliers, Coastal Carolina. So my, uh, my, my, one of my best friend's uh, daughter is now going to be a sophomore there this year. Hopefully I'm going to get there next year, watch a football game, and play some golf down in Myrtle Beach. So. Oh, that sounds outstanding. Yeah, let's just get over this damn COVID and, and be able to have some fun again. Um, exactly. Okay, so now we get to the first pick that no one seems to know what's going on. And I have now I think that they're putting out lots of misinformation so that no one, you know, really zeroes in. Uh, I think they like the publicity. They like the attention. It's good for the team. Um, San Francisco traded with Houston or got this pick via Houston. Um, I think they traded for it earlier in the year. So, First off, who do you think they take? And of the next three quarterbacks, which are the rest of the like the big talents, the Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lawrence, which one do you think they take? But which one do you also think is the best potential quarterback? Wait now. Sorry, there's girls in the hot tub outside. Sorry, Ooh, focus here, focus. So uh, this pick is key in the draft because whoever they take or do not take lines up the next couple of picks. For two months, I've heard solid that they were taking Mac Jones. No-brainer, that's their guy, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers set up a second pro day for Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Um, think about that for a second. They sent the playbook, the plays, the drills they wanted to see. And that's what they got. All of a sudden now, no one knows if Mac Brown – or Mac, I always say Mac Brown for the old football coach. Mac Jones is their pick. If Mac Jones falls down to number three, watch the teams trying to fly up that 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 uh, draft chart to get him. Uh, who do they come down with? 
It could be Fields or, or Trey Lance. You don't really know at this point. They left it so wide open. I can't wait for the third pick of the draft because you're going to see every team, including the Broncos, on the phone if Mac Jones doesn't go three. And the thing is, I don't even think Mac Jones is the best out of those three. I mean, I know he played well with Alabama and everything, but I think it's Lance. And I, mean, I think I think Justin Fields is the better if he needs to step in right away kind of guy. But Trey Lance, right, I'll, perfect let, situation. Let me, let me, let me, I'll put this in perspective. Mac Jones isn't the best athlete out of all those guys. Mac Jones is the guy that runs the pro-style offense, pound them with the running game, play action pass, take your shots deep with your talent on the outside. What offense does that remind you of? New England. The Broncos. <laughs> I don't think want, about it for oh, a second. So bummed. <laughs> I, 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 I know. I, I don't want to dash your hopes, but no, I, I think there's a very I fair chance. I heard Denver television try. analyst the other night. Mac Jones. If you look at Alabama and the Broncos, they play similar football. Mac Jones could slide right in there and do fine. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah, I'll be depressed. But yeah, could could happen. Could happen. I, I know I'm, you. Are. I'm not trying to. I'm, I'm not trying. I'm a Broncos fan. Second, not trying to put a buzzkill on it. But I wouldn't be surprised if he does not go third. The Broncos are on the phone. I think you're right. I think they, I think that's why they've already reached out to Atlanta to get an idea of what it would take. So they are, they did already talk to him, and I think that that was why. I don't think they were intending to make a trade. They were like, if the guy that we want falls, how much will it take us to move up four spots? or five spots, right? So um, I, I, I think they take Mac Jones because I think that's who they wanted initially. Uh, but I think there's a very strong dark horse candidate in Trey Lance because he has the talent that's like off the charts. He needs without question a year to sit. Garoppolo is a good quarterback. They're only moving on from him, I believe, because of the injury. And also I think yeah. that one pass, that he screwed up in the Super Bowl, which would have pretty much won it for San Francisco. I think Kyle remembers yeah. that. For some reason, that stuck in Kyle's mind, and he won't, and he can't get over it. Um, but I think it's actually—I I honestly think it has more to do with his injury history. And I'm not sure if you saw this quote from the day, but uh, they asked uh, Shanahan. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, you saw the quote, okay? So the quote was, "Will uh, Jimmy G, four star Jimmy, be on the roster?" comes Sunday, and he came out and said, we don't know if anyone's going to be alive on Sunday. And it's like, throw your QB a bone here or something, really? Yeah, that was just, yeah, that's like a slap. So, um, But you know what? If they bring in Trey Lance, they keep Garoppolo for the year. He learns how to be the quarterback yep. under Garoppolo. Garoppolo has one more chance with a really talented roster to, hell, he might even win a Super Bowl and then get traded, which is a wild thought. I don't know if it's a trader if he'd be a free agent. Um you know what? Uh, best of both worlds there to me. I mean, and then Trey Lance, I think, fits the kind of offense that Kyle would like to have. So we'll see. Uh, number four, assuming it doesn't get traded, and we know that the, the Cowboys are looking at this. We know the Broncos will be looking at this uh, based on who, who falls. Uh, Carolina might even be looking to move up. Um, uh, maybe even – I don't think so, but maybe even Detroit. Although I hear Detroit – I didn't hear it. They stated that they are willing to uh, trade down. So uh, maybe New England, right? But if Atlanta stays here, do you think they take Kyle Pitts? I mean, he is the best player in the draft, is he not? Uh, yeah, no, I think he is. I mean, he is a legit, and I watch a lot of Florida games. He is a legit tight end size, a, a, a big tight end size 
with wide receiver speed, skills, and hands. I mean, he is by far a freak of nature. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, that's one of those things where if you're a team like Atlanta, even though they probably kind of could use a quarterback to, to, to you know, to come in for Matt Ryan, I, I would also look to trade back. But if you could trade back and still get him, I mean, there is that one argument where it says doesn't matter what comes up on that board. If it's the best player on that board, and if, especially if it may be the best player in the draft, you take him. You take him. Stop. You don't be cute. So many of these teams want to be so cute all the time, and it screws them. It's like take the best player. I mean, the fact that no, no offensive lineman is really going to go until five, to me, is a disaster. I mean, that there yeah. are just – you know, it's like it's an offensive tackle at the top shelf or, an off, or, or like a guard. Look at Nelson again, talking about Quentin Nelson in, in Indiana. He changed that line. He changed it. He was so fierce and so, like, of a motivator that he made that line into a great line. I mean, obviously, he was the anchor because he could handle anyone. But, you know, he gave him nastiness. He gave him attitude. So I, I, I'm shocked that it's not – offensive tackles going. Um, so Atlanta well, could get I'll hit. I'll tell you why that is. It's he opted out this year. And I think people right. with the opt-out year want to know exactly his workout regimen. We didn't really have – we had pro days. We didn't really have the combine where they kind of were together and you could see them next to, next to each other. Uh, pro right. days are a little bit different. They're working out in their campus with their own people. You're not in a mixing. And I think that's a great point. I think that there's a lot of players in this year's draft who are going to go in a position differently than they should have because of opt-out years or COVID uh, lack of playing year. Yeah, it, it's just it, – it, it does change things, right? And you do wonder about – there's a difference between a guy that maybe played for a team that didn't play many games and a guy that completely opted out, and I have no problem with him doing that. But the difference is that by doing that, uh, it's a year without the training a year without the practice, yep. a year without any of that stuff. And in a lot of disciplines, and be it classical music and sports and lots of you lose that critical year and everything derails. Everything derails. I mean, how many football yep. careers have we seen where a guy doesn't even sit out a year? He holds out his contract until like the last week of the preseason. And how many of them are ever the same quarterback or running back, right? Like, like Chris uh, – who was that really fast guy? Chris something. Brown? No. What was his name? Played for the Titans. He was super fast. He was like lightning. And he had an amazing year, like two amazing years. Then he held out because he wanted more money, and he never was a great runner again. And I can't think of his name. For that. And there it goes because I don't even remember him. He had 2,000 yards. Um, 2,000 yard Titans. Uh, Chris Brown? Chris something. Um, I think you're, I think you're talking about Chris Brown. Yeah, I can't remember if that was his last name or not, but it might it might be. The guy was really fucking fast. Uh, sorry, I don't have any efforty music to uh, Chris Johnson. That was his name, Chris Johnson, and okay. and he and he played with uh, with. Um, the guy White from uh, from USC, and uh, so they Charles were like thundering. No, uh, no, that wasn't his last name. His last name was just White, I thought. Um, oh, 
big, big burly dude. And they called him Lightning and Thunder because he was a big burly guy. Okay. And Chris Johnson was Lightning Speed. Um, so anyway, getting off into a tangent there. I don't even remember why. Um, so Cincinnati is most likely going to take that first offensive lineman. How do you say his name? Is it Penay? Penay Sewell. Penay Sewell. So uh, seems like no question on that. Cincinnati does not trade down out of draft picks. And honestly, why would you? Perfect, perfect situation. You're getting the best offensive lineman potentially in the draft, and you need protection for your quarterback that tore his ACL. So great pick. You have to. Why I, you? I mean, Joey, Joey Burrow got murdered last year behind that pocket. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so next pick is Miami. They did this trade with Philadelphia. Uh, Jamar Chase, LSU wide receiver. What do you think about that pick? I, I'm, I'm a little. I, I guess I feel like that Miami has more needs than that. But what do you think? Uh, let's see. If if Atlanta doesn't take Pitts, they're going to take Pitts and have a Jacecki Pitts uh, double tight end set that you're not going to be able to stop. Uh, any wide receiver they can put in there is I'm good with. Uh, can't remember the running back off the top of the head. But they're going to be looking offensively, defensively. They were actually okay. I actually picked their defense up in uh, fantasy last year just to rock the boat a little bit when San Fran got all their injuries. Uh, defensively, they're not that bad. They're not that great, but they're not that bad. But to get two of any other options, uh, especially if they can get somebody that he's thrown to in Waddle already, you've got to remember, Tua throws left-handed. That's a different ball to catch. When you talk to the receivers, it's different to catch a left-handed quarterback. And, you know, all those receivers actually said uh, Mac Brown's the best thrower that they've been with out of Jalen, Tua, Jalen, Tua, and Mac. They all picked Mac Brown. So, you know, but Waddle or Devontae, Devonta would have that, uh, that natural, uh, I already play with Tua, I know how to catch his passes look. Mac Brown, so you, you mean Mac receiver, Jones? I think you're fine. I, I mean, right now, if you look at Jamar Chase, he did take the sit-out year. So, you know, there's still that, what was his work ethic in the offseason or without having a year of football under him. That's the big question that we're going into this with a little bit couple of variables because they're not on campus. They're not in the regimen. They're not in the program. They're not on the health, the, the nutrition diet. They're not being uh, monitored. They're on their own doing this yeah. and doing that, so on and so forth. Yeah, you know what, uh, and also um, um, it could be a, a stroke of genius going up to six and just staying there because they know Cincinnati's not going to take Kyle Pitts, and they're probably thinking Atlanta's was eventually going to trade out for someone going for that quarterback, and they can get Pitts right there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I am a huge advocate. If you have two exceptional receiving tight ends, man, that's a nice thing because you can line them up every time. You can maybe make them um, – you know, uh, move to the outside on uh, in the middle of a you know pre-call snap or pre-snap uh, play, but man, you could it could look like a running formation all the time and be a passing formation. It's that's that's a nice wrinkle that uh, that would be fun to throw in there. So anyway, um, you know, you already mentioned Jalen Waddle. Uh, they're talking that he's going to be going to Detroit, which is another bonehead move. Why are you taking a wide receiver? That's not what you need. Um, I mean, granted, they probably do need a wide receiver now because I think they lost uh, they lost Golden Tate and they've lost Marvin uh, Marvin uh, what the hell, what was it? Marvin Jones. Um, so maybe they, they do need a receiver. But yeah, receiver is just receiver is what you take when you're when you're a piece away. 
You know, you, you, that just just dumb. I mean, how many receivers have they taken? That we, Charles Rogers and Roy Williams and I mean, all of those guys. They took like three years in a row after taking Joey Harrington. It's like all four picks were disasters. I mean, they didn't do anything. Anyway, sorry, I don't want to get so mad to Matt Millen or mean to Matt Millen. Um, they have definitely said that they are open to trade. He did destroy them. Um, uh, you know what? Detroit is open to trade, and that's probably why. They probably are like, there isn't really anything we really want to take right here. I think they're kind of silly because they should take an offensive lineman. There's a couple of other really nice ones that are, you know, going a few picks later. Um, but, yeah, if you can trade out of that and, and get more capital, get more capital because you need a lot of help. And it is going to be ugly in Detroit. Uglier than it's been if, the last if, couple of years. If I was a betting man, I would bet that you're going to trade down out of that pick and get some more yep. picks. Yep, I could see New England going up to there right there and grabbing uh, Fields or Brown, uh, whichever guy's left uh, of those three that, that didn't get drafted. Um, Carolina, oh. talking about Justin Fields going there, that's not a shock. Um, I could see Carolina dra- moving up, going up for four, going up for set, uh, six, or um, anything they can do to try and get a quarterback. I think, I, I know you're thinking, you know, they've already got, they just took Sam Darnold, why would they do that? But, uh I I just think that they they're going to get rid of Bridgewater and so they need a backup. So, um, yeah. what were you going to say? Oh, I, I agree with you 100 percent on that. So In then, fact, uh, I've number... heard of many analysts, uh, a lot of analysts think they're going to draft a quarterback if they can. Yeah, and then Denver comes up you number know, what, nine. What traded for in Sam Darnold, you really don't know what you still have there because in the Jets franchise. They never developed him or did any play schemes for him. I mean, the, the Jets were just inept. Uh, I, I, that's the only word you can have for him right now. They're so inept I, as a franchise. They, they must ridiculous. have seen something. They saw something that they didn't think they could mold because they gave away a lot to get a guy that yeah. the team didn't even want. So um, number nine is Denver. We've already kind of reviewed that. There's also the chance they could take Rishon Slater if they don't take Micah Parsons or Patrick Sertain. Not a terrible pick. Offensive lineman at Northwest. No, I like that. Uh, you know, uh, they've actually got a good line now, but we know that uh, you can't really count on Juwan James. So, I mean, there you go. I pair him with uh, uh, the GB zone, which has turned into a good left tackle. We'll see if that continues if they start calling holding again. Uh, Broncos have nice, uh, nice, you know, nice guards. I'm a little worried about center. Uh, maybe that, maybe they can shore it up a little bit, or maybe they trade with New England, go back a few picks, thinking they can still get uh, certain or uh, Micah Parsons. But then the next pick is Dallas. And everything I've heard is Dallas will take Patrick Sertain if he's available. Might even take that second guy. I can't think of his name right now, uh, who's also an excellent quarterback. I just that they just really need Horn. to shore that up. J.C. Horn. J.C. Okay. Horn. Yeah, I love the way he spells his first name. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, so, we'll, so we'll see. Uh, then we go to the Giants. So I've heard Kitty, uh, Quiddy Payne, Devontae Smith, uh, Devontae Smith not even getting mentioned until the 11. I mean, he's the Heisman Trophy winner. Is it because of the, is the size? Is it he's just too small? Uh, the size has a lot to do with, do with it. Um, Waddle was really the main man at Alabama until he got hurt. Then Devonta just took off. I mean, there was nothing he couldn't do with the ball. So is it possible it's that... hard to say. It's really hard to say. They were filled with so much talent down there. It's just really hard to say. When did Waddle go down? Uh, week four. And did he come back? I think week four. 
week three or week four. It was pretty early because they were all nervous after that, and then they just started rolling people again. But did he did he come back, or was he done for the year? Oh, he was done for the year. I well, think so he, that that he might have been able to come back for the national championship game. But so that means that Devontae Smith then uh, moved into the number one slot and then took over and was amazing. So even more impressive, yeah. he became the number one, so he was drawing the double coverage. So um, Then we go on to uh, Philadelphia with a pick that they got from San Francisco, what they actually got from Houston. Um, so uh, what do you think about them? I mean, Patrick Sertain, Micah Parsons, I mean – you think that if, if either one of them are available? It's Sertain Parsons or um, Sertain Parsons or J.C. Horn. Um, if they want to go offensive line, they're going to trade back and get that kid from USC, like I said earlier. I heard somebody talking about them taking uh, a wide receiver, and I think they should. I think Philly is – I think that was their problem last year. I think that destroyed that team, man. They just – I mean, there's a lot of injuries to the wide receivers, but they need some guys yeah. to catch the damn ball. Well, at seven, they were looking at, um, at <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, Jamar Chase. Uh, there's talk of Jalen Waddle maybe falling in this draft because of the injury. Yeah, yeah, good. People might be a little skeptical of taking him over Devonta Smith. So yeah, I mean, there they might just need be a way that he comes back down that list a little bit where they might be able to get him. I, yeah, I mean. It, I could see a lot of movement for some guys in this draft. There's just the uncertainty and, and, and this year. I'm going to bring it back to this with you, Mark. That, that I come back to the third pick in San Francisco of who do they actually take? Because if they don't take Mac Jones, you're going to see all these a lot of moving in these picks here, picks of uh, four through fifteen of people trying to get at some people. Yeah, I, I think we could see one of the most interesting or fun first rounds in a long time. I think we could see five or six trades. I really do. Yeah, I, I think I we could see movement all over the board. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, yeah. that, that I've, I've been on this for a couple of weeks. That third pick is key because they've moved up. They move, they, they, they move so many pieces to get to that third pick, and that's why they held the second pro days for those guys. They, right. they have to get it right. So we went to having a Sherlock and Mac Jones that not, now not knowing what they're thinking <laughs> – so there's there's GMs and scouts on the edge of their seats here going, that third pick comes in, they want to know exactly what it is because their phone's already on speed dial for someone. Oh, man. I, Atlanta is going to get 8,000 phone calls, you know, in, in four minutes. So um, well, we'll they're going to be out of this world with trade offers. I, the, the whole thing is like, you know, like, can you get someone to go over the top and give you three number ones and a number two or – two number ones and a two and a three, you know, it's like, I would take that depending on how far I had to drop back. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd love to get that tight end, uh, you know, a generational guy, but Atlanta's on the way down. They know it. They're going to, they're going to let Matt Ryan run up the sunset. They're going to trade away Julio Jones. That team is, you know, they're, they're kind of over for a while. So they had to run at the Patriots. They had that run. And, and now, don't get us wrong. Matty Ice is only 35. He's still got tread on the tires here. But they had their run. They're still kind of – they have to get back up to where uh, they're back on top. Julio isn't panning out. They want to move him. They want to bring in more prospects. You know, they have to do something here or there to really figure it out over the next couple of years. Yeah, you just get to a point where you realize you have to 
you have to stockpile picks. You just do, just to, to rebuild your team. So um, I do want to leave 10 minutes for fantasy and five minutes for uh, late-round sure. sleepers. So if you could just look at the rest of the list and see if there's anyone in particular you want to talk about, I do want to bring up Miami at 18. That's the first time I have seen in mock uh, Najee Harris mentioned. Uh, yep. Are we really going to have a running back of his caliber going that late, huh? Apparently, there is such devalued uh, or devalued uh, commodities now um, in the NFL. It's it's ridiculous. Najee Harris is a game changer. I mean, he did some Saquon Barkley at Barkley stuff, uh, hurdling that one guy from uh, I forget what team it was. I mean, he literally just high hurdled him. The guy was standing yeah. up, and, uh, and he can catch the ball. And, and he has all the size, all the speed, all the talent. He can catch the ball in the backfield. I would, in another draft, I would put this guy in the top five. Yeah, I mean, he just seems like a next-level runner. And I know running backs, I mean, the ones that they, these guys, they've been drafted a lot lately. I mean, you had Gurley and, and Barkley and all these guys that have been taken early. Um, but they do seem to be a short-lived career. Five years is like the good years, and then it's really kind of iffy after that. Um, so I understand being nervous about taking a running back really early, but uh, boy, if you had a team that is like close and needs a playmaker to make things happen, boy, he seems like he'd be a, a, just a great pickup. Um, the only other and one that I want to talk about running back by committing now too. Right, right. The only other one that I wanted to bring up real quick, and then if there's anyone you want to talk about, let me know. Uh, is the number 31 pick? I don't care who they take. It's about the fact that. Kansas City gave that Baltimore so they could get their left tackle. What was yep, Baltimore they thinking? To do that. And it's so unfair, man. The Chiefs are finally looking like mortals when they don't have their amazing two tackles, and they lose one like forever. And what do they do? They go ahead and bring in a phenomenal tackle from another team. I mean, I understand that Baltimore couldn't afford him or whatever reason they were letting him go, but he's phenomenal, and you just gave him to the team that you can't beat. Yeah, it's one of those situations where I think the Baltimore could have had a better head about it. I think Kansas City put a good deal on the table, and Kansas City knows exactly what they need to go back to the Super Bowl. It was fairly obvious to the millions watching in that game that the reason they lost was their <laughs> offensive line. And right. that's why oh, I don't no think there's not no more question. emphasis on the offensive line in our, top, in our first round of draft picks here. Yep. Yep, it's wild. I mean, to have, to have, it, have the Super Bowl look that obvious why one team lost is ridiculous. I've never seen a Super Bowl like that, honestly. Any other team you want to take a look at or a pick you want to take a look at before we move on to a fantasy? No, uh, you know, New England's in a spot where you don't ever know what they're ever going to do. Some, some think that the Jimmy T might be headed their way. Anyway, so something. Right. Um, Wouldn't that be something? It's, it's just, I mean, you've heard, I've heard so many scenarios where, de- where New England might trade up, they might trade down, they might trade for Garoppolo. You just don't have a clue what, what they're going to do. It's going to be interesting, interesting to see if there's a trade early on where New England moves up or, that, or they, all of a sudden they're sitting there and what do they do. So I'm going to be really interested in the, uh, the 15th pick of this draft. Yeah, or they sit back and Patrick Sertain somehow falls to them, and now they've got the two best corner combo uh, in football. Um, uh, but, you know, it, it seems to me like New England – I've never seen New England trade up except, like, into the end of the first round. I've never seen them trade up early in the first round, so that would be a shock to me. Uh, Belichick seems to value trading down and getting some extra picks. 
So, yeah. Um, so fantasy implications this is what I want to talk about. So, uh, so I want to give you the scope here on my dynasty team. So I have a dynasty league where uh, you keep every player. So if you drafted them, they're yours until you decide to trade them or drop them. Uh, yeah. Same thing with the rookie draft every year. You can pick whoever you want, and they're yours for good. The entire team. So it's really a dynasty. And um, I have a really nice team. So my first year, I had some ter- terrible injuries, and I finished in last place. But it was great because it got me the number one pick, which I then used on Josh Jacobs. Suddenly, I had a good running back core. Next year, I go to the title game, lost the title game, uh, but made it there. Or was it the title game or the third place game? Might have been the third place game. Um, anyway, drastic improvement. Then next year, injuries crop up again and some bad luck, and I finished really low again. So I got the fourth overall pick. But I also, in midseason, made a trade and got someone else's number one pick, which ended up being the number two pick in the draft. So I don't have a second-round pick. I don't have a third-round pick. But I do have the number two and the number four pick in the dynasty draft. So I really need to hit a home gotcha. run here because this could set up my team for a long time. And let me just give you a quick right. idea of what my team looks like. So at quarterback, believe it or not, I have Patrick Mahomes and I have Lamar oh, Jackson. So, oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and you know, when we, when we drafted our teams was Lamar Jackson's rookie year. So no one really knew what to think about him. Uh, and that's how right. I ended up getting him. And then I also had Josh Allen, but then I ended up trading Josh Allen uh, so I could get that number one pick. And then once I did that, um, um, after I did that, I, I, I was able to get uh, – uh, that's how I got this number two pick was part of my trading away, Josh Allen, and getting back Mahomes. Why in the world he wanted to trade quarterbacks, I don't know. But I also gave him some wide receivers, which, which kind of, you know, turned him up. So then at running back – so I'm set at quarterback. So, I mean, I could say, like, you know, you know Burrow could right. be – or, uh, um, you know, Lawrence could be amazing, but I don't need him. I, I don't need a quarterback for the rest of the probably time that we play the league. Uh, running back, I have Josh Jacobs. I have Kareem Hunt. Um, and I have one other player. I'm trying to think of who that is. Um, I've got one more pretty decent running back. Uh, and then I've got a couple of guys that are kind of sleeper guys, like the guy that ran for Miami last year a few games and was fantastic, but he's kind of unknown, yep. um, kind of stuff like that. So I, I really think I need to get a running back. My wide receiver core, I've got Cortland Sutton, and I've got uh, uh, Brandon Ayala. Uh, um, I can't say his last name. I usually I, uh, can't think of it. Uh, the 49ers player, I you. Um, Ayuk, right, Brandon Ayuk? Oh, yeah, no, that, the, oh, God, that, 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 yeah, I know your name. I'm not going to try to pronounce it over the phone. It'll come all garbled. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's Ayuk. So, um, and then, uh, um, oh, I've also got Chris Carson. So I got Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs, and Kareem Hunt for my running back. And I got Brandon Ayuk and uh, Carlin, uh, uh, Cortland Sutton um, as, my, uh, as my starting two wide receivers. And I've got some, you know, I've got Devontae Parker, and I've got some other okay wide receivers down down on the thing. And I've got some decent tight ends. In fact, I might have a really good tight end because with Kyle Rudolph gone from the uh, Vikings, um, yeah. his replacement, Irv Smith, I drafted him. And so I think he's going to become a huge focal point. So he could be a great tight end for me. So, you know, wide receivers to me are easier to find. Now, I, I am technically like four deep at running back, you could say, but um, or at least three, three deep at running back. Um, but there are two or three flex positions in this league. It's a big league. So um, you start a lot of guys. So my question to you is, so I've got number one pick. I have to assume he either is going to take one, the North Carolina or um, Alabama running back, or he takes the quarterback Lawrence. That's just my guess is the number one pick takes that. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question is, 
should I focus on um, so there's Javante Williams, Travis Etienne. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Is the guy from Clemson, and then the Najee Harris. So oh, those three Travis guys. Etienne. Travis Etienne. Okay, so Etienne, I actually I consider him the third best one, just in personal. I think Javon Williams okay. is the second best. I think he's the best. Second, he will be the second best NFL running back. So assuming okay. that either Najee I'm Harris, not going to disagree with you there. Yeah, so one of those guys goes first, or, or the quarterback. Let's say one of those running backs. Do I then take the next best of those running backs, or knowing that I have the number four pick, and I'll get one of those three, I take uh, Pitts with that number two pick? Because, I mean, everything that I have heard about this guy, and it's like it's been kind of quiet, but all the stuff I do hear about him is that he's unbelievable. And what you said earlier, he is a tight end-sized guy with wide receiver feet, speed, and hands. I mean, this guy could be a monster. It kind of depends on where he goes. But this guy could be a 10-year monster. And so my thought is I take him. And I've already got Irv Smith and Rob Gonkowski, but I've got lots of options to throw in at flex or at uh, tight end. And then the, and they get the fourth pick. And the worst-case scenario for me is Javante Williams and Najee Harris are gone, and I get Travis Etienne. I mean, he's not – I don't think he's as good as the other two, and I'm a little worried how well he fits in the NFL, but I think he'll be decent at least for a fourth running back, third running back. Um, I don't know, man. What do you think? I mean. I think you're underestimating what ETN meant to Clemson uh, a little bit. <laughs> he is, a, he's a baller. He's a baller for a couple years in a row. Uh, Pitts is an interesting thing. Don't, don't be surprised if the number one pick is, is Pitts. You know, oh, when you take these the rookie quarterbacks, you take these pick when you're looking at these rookie quarterbacks going to these bad teams, you're taking a kind of a gamble here. Now the only not gamble is whoever the 49ers take because the 49ers have a, a good team. They just got hit by the injury bug last year, so the right. 49ers have the base of a good team and they traded up to get there. The other teams there are all pretty bad teams, so don't be too sure of of a, a, a Trevor Lawrence being your number one for long, long range, because look how all our number, our number one quarterbacks that we looked at above on uh, the first half of the show didn't pan out, the highest yeah. quarterback. So, you know, don't be surprised if, if he, he takes a Najee Harris as one or a Kyle Pitts as one. Uh, don't be surprised yeah, that if that doesn't happen. So you have to come up with a backup plan. Well, my backup plan is, you know, I don't think I need a tight end. Like I said, I've got Gronkowski. He'll be good for at least another year. I've got Irv Smith Jr. now taking over the, the reins in Minnesota, and he looks like he's very capable of doing so. Um, so, I mean, I'll be fine without it. And if, if that happens, then it means I'm getting Najee Harris, and then I'm getting right. um, Ateen or Williams, whoever's left over. And now I've got two young stud running backs to add to my stable. And like Anderson has taught me over the years, you can never have too many running backs. So either I'm going right. to get picked, and one of those three running backs, I'm going to get two of those three running backs. I don't really see a downside, to be honest. No, I don't think I mean, you have a downside. With, with, uh, with a two, uh, second and a fourth pick, uh, you're pretty much covered. Um, there's, there's talent. If, even if you wanted to go with a wide receiver and a Jamar Chase, you know, I, I mean, you, if, 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 if Najee's off the board, you're, you're going to get Williams or ETN or, you know, even Chubb Hubbard. I mean, he, he's undersized, but that kid got hurt during this year. And, Everything leading into the COVID year, he's been outstanding, the, the kid has been. Uh, and, and, 
if you look at the board, you're set up pretty good. I have to admit, it's I, I think that know, fantasy era that 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 um, dynasty league is looks pretty fun. Yeah, it, it, it's been a blast, especially because a lot of guys drafted like a normal fantasy team you would do. And I was like, I don't even right. plan to compete the first year. I am drafting for the next no, five no. years. And it worked. It has worked yeah. out so far. Um, the guy and that's how you have to look at the dynasty. The number one pick in the draft, he has uh, George Kittle as his tight end. So I, that's why I don't think he'll go tight uh, end. I mean, he could, I mean, obviously, okay. like I said, there's a lot of flex spots. So he could be, he could be thinking the same thing as me. He's like, oh, I throw two tight ends out there and be great. So he, he, he definitely could. But like I said, I'm pretty happy that I'm going to either get Pitts and a great running back or I'm going to get two great running backs. So, um, but again, I want to see what you guys get that affects how they are. You know, the funny thing with Pitts, I've watched uh, Florida put Pitts out as an outside receiver. What cornerback in the world is going to be able to cover a guy that's six foot seven, six foot eight, two hundred and eighty-five pounds with uh, no four three four three speed? Nope, no way, no way, no way, no, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Um, okay, so I mean, uh, we could talk about fantasy for a long time here, but why don't we jump into, <laughs> excuse me, some late round values? Who's your favorite late round steal? Well, Kellen Mond is going to be there. I think, yeah, if I remember right, he's a four-year starter at Texas A&M. Texas A&M was the outside, uh, the outside team looking in on the top four. They were the fifth team uh, sitting there. Um, Kellen Mond, if you're looking quarterback, you're going to find him probably in the third round. Uh, I hope in the third round. He has that kind of talent. Uh, but he had an outstanding career at Texas A&M. You know, Davis Mill, the Stanford kid, obviously he's got a brain on his shoulder. Uh, you know, it's he, he's got the brain just like a – just like uh, uh, Andrew Luck did. So, you know, and then if you look like Zach Smith, uh, KG Costello, Mississippi State, uh, we're looking at – I'm looking at quarterbacks right here, uh, uh, just running down some quarterbacks right there, uh, some late rounders. Now let's get to some really late rounders. I like the running back, uh, Javian Hawkins on uh, Louisville. I actually watched two Louisville games this year that were on TV. That kid's a baller. I can tell you that. And I, I highlight the highlights here that you see on your page are kids that I saw play. On on TV, who, who, not in person, obviously. Who was that? Who was but that uh, I saw said? a Tennessee game with Jesse with Josh Palmer, and he was looking really ah. good. Trey Sermon, obviously, Ohio State running backs always farewell. Uh, the South Carolina wide receiver is a stud. They should have really. That the one game I saw it was in a torrential downpour. They kind of got hosed in it against Florida. Uh, your defensive end from Miami, Quincy Roche, is going to be great. And your defensive end from Coastal Carolina, uh, Taron Jackson, is going to be a, a baller. The very late round for Taron Jackson, maybe even a six-round pick. You know, tomorrow – or, sorry, Thursday is going to be a lot of fun. I, it's going to be murder waiting through tomorrow. Tomorrow is like when you draft your fantasy team and then you have to wait a couple of days for them to play their first actual games. That's what it's like right now. Exactly. Oh, uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's just painful. Um, we're down to the last minute of the show here, so we do want to say thank you to everybody who tuned in. I hope that we were entertaining. Uh, I'm not sure if you've learned anything, but hopefully uh, uh, hopefully we at least gave you something to listen to and uh, not feel too cold on this chilly Colorado night. Uh, any uh, any uh, sentiments you want to send the, the people off with, JP? Uh, no, just enjoy the draft. Uh, we, we, trust me, me and Mark, uh, we, Sinead, we could have been here. Uh, we were excited to get back on the air tonight. We haven't been on since August 1st. Uh, we, when we do these shows, it's one of our favorite highlights of, of our day, of our week. We love doing radio for you guys, and, you know, we couldn't be happier to be on the air tonight. 
yeah, hopefully we can do some Sunday shows coming up this year as Nate gets that day off, and we uh, will all have uh, hopefully uh, not be working at the same time, which is always a problem. So again, yeah. everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. It was a, it was a fun night, and uh, enjoy the draft on Thursday. Offensive out. <laughs>